Hey, MFM, see you on the lift. Back attack, dude. <laughs> hey, your homies, good. Slide down in big hills, you know what I mean, on a big, nice burgundy snowboard. All right, we got a big day here in the booth at the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, you know, the first thing I'm curious about is, um, Mikey, how are you feeling today? I am so good. Chris, you know, people don't ask, how are you? Oh, thank you for asking me, Michael. Uh, I'm doing great. You know, I'm doing really great because we got Danimals in the booth, yes. a.k.a. Dirt Bike Dan, a.k.a. Dan Liedal. I don't even know how the hell you say your last name. Yeah. Dan, how are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> What's up, dudes? I'm good. <laughs> how do you say your last name, Dan? Uh, Liedal. Liedal. Yeah. But yeah, we call him DBD, Dirt Bike Dan, Danimals, uh, or Dan Liedal for the nerds. Nobody mm -hmm. nobody calls him that, though. Just Dan. my nerd friends. I heard your mom calls you Danny. Yeah, or my dad will say Danny Boy. Danny Boy. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, for the people that don't know who Danny Boy is, uh, I'm going to do a brief intro. Um, he is, as many people would describe, your favorite snowboarder's favorite snowboarder. He's known for impeccable style. He's a smooth operator. He's sitting on a stack of incredible video parts, many of which was videographs. You've probably seen him in the Arsenal of Vans videos over the past five, ten years. He's been in a bunch of ride projects. Uh, and if you know what's up, you kind of know Danimals is the best, I think. That's the only way to really describe. But we're going to get into who Dan is deep <laughs> below the surface. Uh, so I don't know. Why don't we start with a question from Jake O.E.? How does that sound, guys? Bring it on. All right, here we go. What up, Dan? This is Jack. And I am wondering, why is Highland Hills the shit? And who do you think is the king of Highland Hills of all time? Damn. Missy, buddy. Have fun. Damn. Well, first of all, where and what is Highland Hills for the people? Because oh, I didn't pre preface, Dan's a Minnesota ripper, for those who don't know. But yeah, take it from there. Um, First off, what's up, dude? Jake, my dog. Good to hear from you. Um, Highland Hills for us was kind of like, it was pretty much our daycare. It was where we got dropped off every day before we couldn't drive. Um, then we start driving. You go there every every freaking day. You know everyone's going to be there. The classic tale. Um, God, what, what he was just asking why it was so, or who is the king? Why is it the shit is part one, and who's the, yeah, who's the king of Highland? I mean, the people make it the shit. Like, all your friends, it doesn't matter what place it is, that's what makes it the shit. Um, king, in my eyes, I had the, the people that I looked up to older than us that were all kind of pretty kingly. You can't, you can't take anything away from them, but of our crew's booty. He was like King of Highland, there every day, started working for him, ran the shit out of that place, um, and now has moved on to Trollhagen. Mm. Okay, but. good answer. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, I was talking to another friend of yours, Jonas, and he was telling me about, I mean, it's where you cut your teeth. You learn to snowboard there. Mm -hmm. You're riding all day long with these guys, but he told me a story of playing tag on the mountain. Oh, which yeah. Which is really cool. I've never heard that before. So tell me about that. How does that work, and do you think it affected your snowboarding? Mm, those days were sick. I mean, we don't play like that like we used to anymore. Mm -hmm. Those days, it was just like, literally a game of tag. Yeah. You know, cruise down the mountain. You can't just bomb it. You got to try and stay away. 
whatever. I mean, I guess there you can kind of bomb it because you got the tow rope, quick lap. Um, God, if you want to get good, wait, you want your edge control, you want some mm -hmm. good edge control, mm -hmm. play tag with your friends. Yeah. Don't unstrap. Sounds really fun. Yeah. Another thing noticed riding, you know, I've been uh, truly, it's been great to have the opportunity to ride with Dan at Highland. Mm. He's, a, he's a fantastic boarder when you're there riding with him. But I know it's like snowboard parks generally, you go up and down very kind of in a linear fashion. You go straight down. That's how they're designed. <laughs> but I notice you kind of ride the snowboard park in a non-linear way. A lot of side hits onto the rail. You're going, you're cross-courting. Uh, you kind of have this keen eye for riding the park the way it's not designed to be ridden. Uh, do you want to speak on that? Sure. Um, I would say that kind of came from way earlier on. So Highland, um, when I was really young, they never had these tiers of snow. Nowadays, it's if you look down the hill, there's a big, long tier with a bunch of stuff on it. And there's another big tier with a bunch of stuff on it. And that kind of forces you to ride up and down. When we were little, it was stuff all over the place, more like a backyard setup. And I kind of think that that was sicker. I always remember that being more fun and allowing more lines to happen. And the park would, uh, maybe it wouldn't change more, but more lines would come of it. And on a warm, sunny day, maybe something would soften up and you'd get a new little quarter pipe or a new hit or new something out of it. Um, that's kind of where it came from. Nowadays, it's a little bit more straight. And honestly, I get a little bit tired of the tears. Mm -hmm. I don't like to shoot jabs at Highland, but I'm a little bit tired of the standard tier year after year. It gets a little bit old. Mm -hmm. Do you got your board on the wall, like all the Midwest royalty in there? Oh, yeah. yeah. You're in good company there. You got solid. Sexton's on there. Oh, we got a you ton got of dudes Jake OE, mm -hmm. Froney, has he got a board in there? Oh, yeah, he's got a board on there. Mm -hmm. Everyone you can think of that's, that was around for, Jonas. I don't know, 10 plus years mm. has been on that wall. All right, we always talk about this. I think Minnesota riders are the best. This is a common theme in our in our sport is or not our sport, our podcast talking about, you know, why are the people that come from these tiny hills with rope toes better than people that come from the goddamn Swiss Alps and shit that have like giant or people with giant hills, you know? What do you what's your theory? Dude, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had a good answer, but literally just that tow rope. Yeah. The tow rope, the repetition, you're riding as much uphill as you are downhill. Crew of friends, it's just sick. There's no getting around it. It's reps, I feel like. Yeah, yeah just reps over and over. Same jump I mean, a couple hundred times a day. Yeah, it's been talked about. Like You can do literally 60 laps in an hour. It's mm -hmm. like 30 seconds up, 30 seconds down. I mean, it's mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's always – I'm repeating myself. People have heard this in old episodes, but I counted one time an average day riding a normal resort – and I got 12 laps in. It's pretty, pretty yeah. good amount of time. But on those 12 laps, if you think about that one rail, I only hit that one rail 12 times, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, you know, and that's over the course of an entire day where if simple math, mm -hmm. you go up a rope toe, you hit, you could go take 60 laps, you hit that rail 60 times, you're going to run through your tricks quick and be like, well, I'm either going to keep refining this. I feel like I refined it. Maybe I should learn something new. You don't even have to ride the whole rope. You can just get on and off just to hit that one rail or just to hit mm. this one jump or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also maybe seeing your friends. Mm -hmm. You're on the rope. You're literally watching everybody come down, too. So you're also, whether it's your friend or your nemesis, you're like, whoa, that's pushing me. I'm getting mm. to see this person for sure do that trick. I want to do that trick. You know, it's another good point, too. Also, like, you know, you go up the chairlift, you're kind of your heart rate comes down. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I'm relaxing, yep. you know. 
you're chilling. You almost like forget what you're doing. Rope toe, mm-hmm. you're you're in it. It's like the whole time the heart's racing. You just tried some trick. Oh, you like it's great for like mm-hmm. ADD people because you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm back at the top. Let's go, dude. And it's just like you get this crazy endurance from doing it. I mean, when I was little, it was like my mom would drop me off at nine in the morning, pick me up at nine mm-hmm. at night. I'd probably only go in twice during the day, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was nonstop riding the whole time. That was just how it was. How about rope toe tech? Because when wow, I, I this is the first time I ever went to a rope toe was honestly last year. I went to Highland. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit like, wow, like how do I even fit in here? One, and how do I grab this rope? Can you give me some some tips? I mean, Mo- movement. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it, keep it moving. Keep it flowing. Just mm-hmm. don't stop. The initial get on can be kind of hard at first and like figuring out where to find your space. But mm-hmm. as soon as you figure out that these kids are leaving two feet of an opening, you know, mm-hmm. and you just take it, they'll just move. They'll figure yeah. it out. You yeah. know, everybody there is used to it. I was kind of like, eh, yeah, know. you can't be shy. Yeah. You can't be shy about it. You got to you got to haul ass in mm-hmm. there, be a little a little bit of authority, but you're not trying to piss anyone off. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of gets it. They figure it out real quick. And even like the little kids, like I'll come in super hot. These little kids will be like wanting to stop and I'll be like, keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. And I'll kind of grab them and push them really quick just to give them a little <laughs> nudge. And like, yeah, yeah. A little natural training. Yeah. What yeah. happens when there's a big pile up? Just, just run them over? Up. Just run them over? Or? Mm, sometimes. <laughs> no, this is Minnesota. Everybody's sometimes. nice. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty so nice. You're nobody's pretty nice, like, they're not dickheads. You can like nicely run some You try and get around them, but you don't want to stop. So you kind of get them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good people. Dan's a good person. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's a, that's a they, they breed them nicely over it's there. It's not in my repertoire. We're from the East Coast. We're just dickheads. Yeah. This is how it works. Give them a little extra cut if I get the chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just, you know, Mikey and I, sometimes we'll be driving, we'll pull over, we'll just beat the shit out of somebody <laughs> to get back in the car. <laughs> on the way this morning. Right? Yeah, we did that actually. Yep, we did on the side of the freeway. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was great. It was a whooping ass for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's not true. I got an 0-3 bar fight record, so that's <laughs> totally inaccurate. Okay, uh, keep it moving, though. Talking about the rope toe, one other thing I wanted to add is... Uh, you know, it's the only thing when you're snowboarding, you get an upper body workout. Like, it's like you're, you're like, you feel jacked after. Normally snowboarding, you know, maybe your knee's sore. That's about all you got. Yeah, I get the upper body workout. Yeah. You guys riding the chair are kind of mushy. Yeah, we're yeah. getting a little we're bit soft. Yeah. yeah, we're getting soft. All right, we got a Patreon question that pertains to what we're talking about from Shane Rupert. And uh, I, I just want to say thank you to our Patreon members. This is like uh, we're we're supported by our sponsors, and then we're also like basically our big sponsors are Patreon, so mm-hmm. people that pay to support us. It's kind of like public radio. We really appreciate you guys. So this is a question from Shane. Thank you for your support. And uh, Highland is a unique place. Kids everywhere, ruts into every feature. What are some of the ways you think riding Highlands has shaped you as such a great border? Let's see here. So it's kind of what we were saying before. It, it's you, when you're a little kid. Uh, and it's, it gets so beat up. It doesn't, you, you don't know anything though at that time. It's super beat up. It's rutted out. There's kind of these whoops going all over the place and big bumps and it's all you know. So it doesn't even seem like a bad thing at first. And as you're watching these kids that are older than you, uh, like for us would be Jonas and Ricky Tucker and Zach and like that whole crew murders and stuff like that. OE, um, they, not as not so much OE. OE will just fight through the chop of all of it. But everyone else kind of will pick these smoother lines around <laughs> everything, jump a lot of these big banged up, whooped out spots, and be really smooth about it. And if it gets too too beat up, going right into a rail or right off a jump, you will just pick that nicer line. So even if you have to come from a way outside onto a rail, you just adjust for that. 
So you're saying there's like the board width ruts that that you get railroaded in, yep. and instead of getting railroaded in that board width ruts, you guys are coming from the side making your own line. Yeah, exactly. Good for some things. Like if you want to ride the rut, but then jump all the way to the backside of something, no big deal. But if you want an edge control, you just come from the outside and you just figure it out. Mm, love that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Dan. As you're talking, you're talking about ruts and whoops and chop. And, you know, if one was untrained, it almost sounds like you're talking about motocross, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah these are some and, moto terms. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is gonna this is where people that are snowboarders are going to roll their eyes. But you and I are going to have a lot of fun in this conversation, Dan. Because I think we should talk about dirt bikes for a second. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I think it's this fun, you got to have this secret life where, uh, you know, everybody knows you as Dan, this snowboarder, and he's on vans, and he's in these great videos, and ride, and he's like, poo, you know, like. But like really, you know, at the core of who you are, you are dirt bike Dan. And like, for example, if I'm like Dan, let's go snowboarding. He's like hitting the snooze button. If I'm like Dan, let's go ride dirt bikes. He's like, I'll be there at five in the morning and I'll be ready. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, whatever, you know, that's that's just how it is. But but what I was gonna say is like maybe talk about this other life that you have of riding dirt bikes. You got trophies. You race double A class, which is like really or a or double a a class a class which is the fast guys like wow. i'm c i'm a train wreck out there mm-hmm. he's a he's hauling ass mm-hmm. you know um and so i think yeah i'd love to hear you elaborate on dirt bikes dirt bikes are sick <laughs> <laughs> i just i, I kind of just grew up with them a little bit not not when i was really little like all the dudes who are super good started when they were like five six years old kind of the same how a lot of snowboarders would start kind of um but my dad and uncle had dirt bikes out at my grandpa's place, and they still had them from when they were a kid. So when I was like nine, ten years old, my dad taught me how to ride his little dirt bike, and then it instantly was like, I want more. I want my own bike. I want a bigger one. I want a faster one. And <laughs> all my not or a couple of my neighbors they had dirt bikes too. So in our neighborhood, they'd have a fifty, and we'd want to ride the fifty around every day. And then they got bigger bikes, and we all got bigger bikes, and it was like. Just the same snowboarding, constant progression. And since we're not snowboarding, it was my summer hobby. And I did fucking everything to save up and get new bikes as much as I could and get parts and make them faster and get faster and whatever. And it just was like a summer takeover. Let me tell you something. This guy, he's got like a trophy. How many trophies do you think you got? How many dirt bike trophies you got? Uh, I got a, I got a few. It's not like, like fat stack. Not a ton. Not not like I got friends who got way more than me, but I got to, I got a handful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you got some hardware you race A class. I'm curious, you think about wh- like when I watch you ride, like it's almost like you're smooth. Your le- your knees are almost like suspension. You're like really smooth in the way that you snowboard and you find speed and little bumps and rollers and and kind of carry corner speed well. I'm curious if your thoughts on the similarities between dirt biking and snowboarding oh in my eyes it's super similar yeah when you come down to line selection being smooth trying to absorb as much as you can um and pump off of everything it's you you kind of have to be better about it snowboarding because you don't have a motor to get you going like with dirt bikes you can make some mistakes you don't have to be as perfect but in theory that's the idea you want to be as perfect as you can Take all the smoothest, fastest lines, absorb everything, wheels to the ground. Look like, at, look ahead. Look ahead. Yeah. Be smooth. Look ahead. Same thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do I do the same stuff dirt or uh 
snowboard. Yeah. I mean, I ride with you quite a bit snowboarding, never motocross, but you're really, you keep your knees bent. I'm always, now that I'm making this connection, I'm seeing you being smooth and focused on being smooth. Yeah. And like powder turning, all that kind of stuff. I know. We're always talking about yeah. like, you always are saying this to me this year, like you could just go be a turning guy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I like it, but I want to yeah. go catch some air. But I always think about, you know, everyone will say like, be the ball or whatever, you know, and it's like, it works really well if you do think about it like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to fight to get all these places mm -hmm. and whatever. And if, it, if wherever you can go to get your smoothest line, however the ball flows, you know, to an extent is always going to be like your best mm -hmm. run. Mm -hmm. Incredible. You know, going, we're bringing it back to motocross, but I just had a thought. <laughs> I had a thought with motocross. It's like, you know, snowboarding, everybody's kind of friends, mm -hmm. you know, they're all friendly buddy buddy you know everybody says hi to each other they're all communal uh i've noticed in motocross a lot of people don't like each other especially on the pro level like they're all lined up at the gate and they're not talking and they kind of they essentially a lot of them seem to fucking hate each other mm -hmm. from what i can gather now dan <laughs> i think you should maybe take that approach with snowboarding just you know go full moto guy you know alpha vibes you know yeah yeah i'm down yeah <laughs> We were just saying this. We were going to start some beef and snowboarding again. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that guy, but if I got to be that guy, then I don't know. I, I would never do that. But <laughs> but it is true. Like all those moto dudes, it's tons of animosity and everything. But then deep down, end of the day, when racing's done, they're all homies. Yeah. You know? Not so it's kind of a funny thing. Like they are like pretty macho guys sometimes. And then all of a sudden, they're just like all good with each other. Mm. Yeah, I think you could, you could go a little more alpha. I think you could go more alpha vibes. Uh, going back, you mentioned you guys were talking turns, the art of the turn. Mm -hmm. You want to get into that, Mike? Yeah, I mean, Dan and I talk about it all the time because I, I'm 50. I've never made a good powder turn in my entire life. <laughs> but I've seen you make several. You and I are always talking about it. Like, you know, you've been, what, riding powder for how long now? I mean, kind of a while, actually, yeah. but I just have never lived out here. Yeah. I mean, not until the last kind of two years. Minnesota's home, but I'll come out here for a majority of the season, and that's where I've done the most of my powder riding. Mm -hmm. But I don't know when was when did we go out, Chris? Like, like ten years ago or something. It was like twenty thirteen, twelve. Yeah, maybe? something like that. Yeah, it was so like long, long a couple of years after I was in high school is when I kind of started like randomly jumping on a sled, figuring it out, and riding a bit more powder, and always wanting to, but we were always kind of like rail guys mm -hmm. but yeah so what have you learned i mean what's your kind of current state of a turn how do you execute a turn yeah what's going on mm, i think think about it less don't think so hard to do a good turn mm -hmm. the good turn will just happen kind of mm -hmm. um but sort of what we were saying like any banked wall is going to supply a good turn any good snow is going to supply good turns um if you go fast and you can like line it up with your film merge strikes, it's kind of hard to do. Um, and don't do the the hack blind yourself yeah. and roll through. It's cool for a photo, but like mm -hmm. never really works out that great for how you feel in a turn. So if you just put apply pressure and dig deep into the snow and try and get that one really like jeed feeling. Mm -hmm turn is going to feel good the g versus the hack yeah it's something i've been focused you want some on. g forces in that turn yeah yeah trust the trust your edge trust yeah. land and do it mm -hmm. yeah don't be afraid to explode mm -hmm. maybe it's not gonna hurt yeah how far can you fall that's, that's a good point not very far that's a good point uh earlier you mentioned your first time snowmobiling and uh with 
this is incredible. Dan had probably the fastest arc of progression on a snowmobile I've ever seen in my life. You know, I think coming from motorhead background, he was borrowing Jordan Mendenhall's sled. Like this is probably 2012 and him and I, it was first few times snowmobiling in the big mountains. And I, we were out in Logan and I'm like, at this point I was like, I am a sled neck. Like this is my shit. And, uh, I was side hilling over like a pretty big patch of like a huge <coughs> patch of trees where very steep, kind of like just alleyway where if you lose your sled, you're going down into steep. It's like maybe not recoverable. It's yeah. like a no, it, no. Once you commit to the side hill, it's a no bail zone, like yeah. tight trees underneath. Really stupid, like snowmobile stuff. And uh, I look behind me. And I, I'm like halfway through the side hill, and Danimals is behind me. First day out. It's like his second day on the sled. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you should not be up here, dude. This is like, and he, but he's just, he's, he's one handing it, just <laughs> kind of like holding a cowboy hat. Exactly. <laughs> well, I want to go where you guys are going. Yeah. And I kind of was like, I don't, I don't really know where I'm going. I'm gonna follow you anywhere. <laughs> and if you can do it, I can do it too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just take the sled, and I, I kind of, I figured out how to turn on it. So I was like, if, if I get it on edge, it stays on edge pretty good. And then I was following you, and I was like, I did get to a point in all that where I was, I do remember being like, we're higher here. Like, we're up here now. The trees, like, to the flat bottom is quite a ways down there. And then we hit the hallway, and I was like, oh, that's not too bad, you know? Just don't look down, kind (laughs) of. And then you can see the light at the end of the hallway, and you make it out successfully. And turn this thing on. Um, And then uh, I remember, like, you turning around and being like, Fuck yeah, Dan. Holy <laughs> shit, you made it through that thing. Like, it was sick. It was cool. Uh, on Glit, also, like, somebody else's snowmobile, which oh, would yeah. have been totaled had he made a mistake, which is great stuff. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Bub's Naturals. Uh, we always talk about their collagen, which is great if you are older and you want to recover. If you're not a 10-year-old and you don't have uh, knees of rubber, uh, you need to recover and Collagen's a good way to do that, Mike. Did you know that? I'm a huge fan of collagen. Been using it for a couple of years, and all those snap crackles and pops. Guess what, Chris? What happens? They're gone. Wow. And you know, Mike is 50 years old, and he just uh, they just won assisted living video of the year. We did, and it's because of collagen it's use. Simple, single handedly. Single handedly. The only reason collagen. why he was able to do that mm-hmm. was because of collagen. Exactly. So um, they also, I got some big news here, Mike. What? Uh, they're uh, coming out with coffee. You know what it's called? I do. It's called Bub's Coffee, I think. Bub's Brew. Bub's yeah, Brew. close, but yeah, Bub's Brew is what it's called. You know what I heard about it? What'd you hear? That I thought was exciting is they are Whole30 approved. That's first exactly coffee. Exactly right. To be Whole30. That's the first one. They got. They're also USDA organic. They're fair trade, and uh, Bub's is a huge supporter of the show. So always support the people that support the show. And if you're interested in that, head on over to bubsnaturals.com. Use promo code Bombhole for twenty percent off and. If you put in the promo code, we got big news. You get a free coffee mug. So when you put in promo code BOMBHOLE and you go to your cart, it'll say add coffee mug. You get a free BOMBHOLE Bubs Brew coffee mug with your order of collagen with promo code BOMBHOLE at BubsNaturals.com. All right, let's get back to into it, Dan, here. <clears throat> ha! How you feeling? <clears throat> you good? <clears throat> All right, so let's talk about the rise of Dan. Okay. From to greatness. Mm-hmm. From Little Dan from Eden Prairie. Little Dan. And I, you know, when did Little Dan and, and, and yeah, when did Little Dan get his first snowboard? Mm. Dan, you were five years old. I, my first, first snowboard, 
Uh, yeah, it was probably five. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. my, uh, my mom and dad helped buy my first snowboard. Actually, my first one was like some whatever tie-dye target board. You just slip your feet into the mm -hmm. things and you ride it as best you can. Yep. Uh, but then my first real snowboard, I probably was like five or six. It was a, one of these old Rosingall Tin Mans, mm -hmm. if you guys have ever seen that. It's like, you would never know it was a Rosingall, full black base, black top sheet with this kind of silver Rosingall on the top. And I had some ride bindings, and we got it out of the newspaper. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Five yeah. years old. Yeah. That dates you. That was probably around the time uh, people were, like, churning butter and stuff back then. <laughs> Dude, I think about this. How Buds is in here, and he's, like, as <laughs> old as dust. <laughs> oh you ordered God. your snowboard from the newspaper. Yeah, I got it out of the newspaper. It was used. Wow. All right. Uh, so, you know, how'd you go? Because I know you rode for... Um, Signal back in the day, right? And Quicksilver. Mm -hmm. That's when I remember first seeing you. How'd you how'd you go from uh weekend warrior Dan on the Rosignal to like getting sponsored? Uh well I started out on that Rosignal and obviously was this was when we first started, so we we're shitty snowboarders. Um having the best time of your life, you don't know any different. And then you buy a couple, then all of a sudden I had kind of linked up with um Pete Harview, who had He's a he's he's a rep in our area who's like the sickest dude for any up and coming snowboarder. He's like your gateway almost, or he was kind of a little chunk of my gateway into like snowboarding. Um, as as long as like as well with my friends like Jonas and all these guys are are the ones who really helped get me broken into a scene that I would have never made it into otherwise. Um, but. Let me see here. So, yeah, got that board. I had bought a couple boards after that, did a couple little contests. Pete kind of hooked me up with uh, a couple of roams at the time. And then, actually, at that moment in our time in snowboarding, Academy was the shit. Mm -hmm. And you used to ride for Academy, right? Yep. Yeah, so Academy was the shit. It was kind of around this, this time. And we would buy all of our Academies and everything. It was, like, almost like forum for us. You know, so I was buying those, got hooked up with a couple boards. Then I actually got on Academy for like a couple of months. I was like getting flowed a couple <laughs> boards, had a pro forum. And then I went out to this, um, what was the little the uh, gathering? The gathering, yeah, the Academy yeah. gathering. Um, met JB, who's an awesome dude, goofy guy. He basically is like, dude, that was awesome. You're sick. You want to ride for us? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, that sounds sick. Shakes my hand. I'm just on. That's it. That's all it was. And then uh, it was like maybe two or three months after that, middle of summer, um, this guy Joey, Joey Yorba calls me, who, or who is the team manager for Signal at the time. And he's just telling me about what's going on. I obviously already knew about it because of OE and everything. And they're willing to pay me like 300 bucks a month or something. Ooh, and so I'm sitting there is like the first paycheck, the whole deal. I felt really bad that I was like, you know, accepting it because <laughs> I, I, I loved Academy so much at the time and it was so sick. And uh, but I wanted to make some money. I wanted to travel more. I wanted to do more. So mm -hmm. took that and then uh, did that for a couple of years. And then and then things moved on to right. So, now I have a question. It seems like you were in just the Highland capsule. Like, did you get hooked up just by riding Highland, or was it from filming clips and stuff? It was more from filming. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we we like 
you know, broke through and we made all of our, we got good, obviously at Highland. It was like every single day, nonstop. And as soon as you turned 16 and learned what video parts were, I mean, we learned what video parts were before that. We started, you know, watching the VGs and watching the stuff just maybe prior to that. But it was like, you know, up until 16, you just ride Highland. That's where you get dropped off. That's what you do. Then all of a sudden you get your license and our friends are like, let's go film stuff. And as much as we filmed on the resort, we'd try and go find spots all over the place, film off resort, get our couple little clips, make our make our videos and put them on YouTube. And uh, for us, you know, we had our crew and Jake Durham was a big part of our crew as far as filming goes. He's the only he was our only filmer. He'd take the camera, it was down to make stuff. And YouTube was huge at that time. It's not like it is now. YouTube was like the shit for us. That's where we watched all of our edits. That's where we watched all of our bear edits, all that kind of stuff. Um, and people could see you. So we just hit Highland for like hours. Then we'd go hit a street spot any time of the day, any time of the night, didn't matter. And anything we got, we put it on YouTube. And then guys like Pete or like Joey or like whoever that would see this stuff, that's friends of ours that are in the industry would see that stuff. And I'm sure just word would get out and that's pretty much how it worked for us. We just kind of kept meeting people and just, yeah, progression from there. Mm -hmm. So Jake Durham was your first filming kind of partner along with Jonas and the crew? Yeah, it was more like it was more like Jake. Yeah. Like um, at that time, Jonas and those guys were still traveling all the time. Yeah. We were still on our own Couple program. Years ahead. Yeah, and it was like we – you know, knew of them. They were gods to us mm -hmm. and like, and still are, you know, we look back at how much, you know, they influenced us. Um, and it was always extra special to be at Highland and see like, you know, Joe Sexton, he was, that was rare at a time to see Joe at the mountain mm -hmm. or at the hill. Um, and then OE and, and then like someone who is not underrated, but was almost like, insane to see was even like zach marvin mm -hmm. like you'd see him sure. riding and it was like really really rare we didn't really see him much you just knew about him and you know we just hear stories that he's so aggressive on the board and all this stuff and then you see it and he's yeah. going huge yeah he's launching stuff at highland going bigger than anybody and like honestly he'd probably still do that today Rolls up like a dark horse always. Mm -hmm. Always, yeah. In all black, hair flowing, just sending. Yeah, it. and at the time, the hair was super long <laughs> and everything, and he had all the, like, method covers and all yeah. the stuff mm -hmm. going on, and yeah. it was like, yeah. But, yeah, th so those guys were ahead of us. We just go and film because we wanted to kind of – we wanted to do what they did, um, but we didn't even know that we wanted to do it the way they did it. We just liked the idea of going filming and putting stuff out. We didn't even know that we wanted to be – pros or sponsored or anything that kind of just fell into place as we were doing it all and i think it was just good timing mm -hmm. yeah shout out to uh nate robertson one of our patreon members he said growing up at highland my inspiration was heavily influenced by yourself and the rest of the make friend or die crew sick and he asked the question that basically you already answered but I um, thought I'd give him a shout out for that. Yeah, hell yeah. And then uh, what about filming with Riley? Because I feel like you guys had a good dynamic. Yeah, totally. Riley was sick. We probably gave him so many headaches. Um, our So our whole thing at that time was we we broke into the VG scene at that point. Uh, maybe not even quite yet. It was still filming some 1817 stuff and doing a, a little bit for um, Bald Eagle at the mm -hmm. time. 
which was like that was where I went from like filming with Jake and Make Friends or Die. Then it was like a little smidge of Bald Eagle and then instantly into VG. And as soon as we really hit the VG ranks, that's when I was filming with Riley every day. Mm -hmm. But we'd film Monday minutes and stuff, and we were good <clears throat> friends with Riley by then. You know, did that whole thing where it's just stuff for YouTube, basically. And then, uh, yeah, broke into VG, and then and then me and Jonas gave Riley some big-time headaches at that point because I'd pick Jonas up, and I'd be late, and Jonas would be more late <laughs> than me, and Riley's an on-time kind of guy. And what we would do is jump in his van or we'd meet him at the spot and Riley, I mean, most everyone in our snowboard world knows that Riley was the spot guy. So he would line us up with spots. I can't take credit for like any of that shit hardly. <laughs> maybe, maybe three spots of 20 or something like that. Um, and also just a lot of driving around is what we would do, but he always had an idea. We'd always run around, check it. He had this... Um, Astro van that was sick. We'd load all of our stuff in it, and he was like, yeah, really took care of things for us. Killer. I'd like to talk about you coming on the scene hot, because I think when you really were like, Dan is here, and you planted your flag in the proverbial snowboard ground, uh, I feel like it was VG, and the one thing that banged us over the head was the nose press back three. That like solidified your your space in snowboarding, I would love you to tell us about the nose press back three session with Jonas. Yeah, that was a sick one. Uh, that time, that must have been my first real moment filming with VG at that time. It was like, I was almost just a fill-in, kind of. It was Jonas, um, let's see, Will Tuddenham, and John Cooley. And these guys were, like, scary to me. You mm -hmm. know, I, I was like thinking I have to be cool and try and impress them. And then pretty quickly, I'm like, these guys are awesome. I don't have to be anything. You know, these they're just doing their thing the same way we are. And I think what made me not as intimidated was um, Jonas made it like, Jonas is like so goofy and chill and cool and everything is all good all the time kind of guy too. And he was like, these guys are sick. Yeah, they're cool. Don't even worry about it. You know, not being like, oh yeah, they're kind of scary because you watch a video of Cooley He's like tattoos, big dude, you know. Put and out a bunch of sick parts already. Ton so of sick parts and everything, and you're pretty intimidated. I was, and then within, I don't know, a day of hanging out with those guys, I was like, these guys are awesome. Mm -hmm. Like they're so cool. They're not scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we had this thing going where we'd bring them to a spot. It was like me, Jonas, those two, um, and Riley. And we'd go to all these spots, and there was a little bit of like, all right, what's been done on it? And we'd be like, well, board side 50, switch front board, whatever. And then they were kind of like, okay, so a bunch of people have hit it. They kind of want to move on and maybe go to something that hasn't been hit as much or find more new spots. And we did that a little bit, and me and Jonas kind of got to this point where we were like, dude, we can't keep passing up these spots. Like, if they don't want to do it, let's hit it. And then we'd, we'd always try and give them the first opportunity to do something. And then we, as soon as they were being more hesitant on things, we'd be like, all right, we're doing it. All right, we're doing it. All right, we're doing it. And then we filmed a lot. And those guys did too. They got a bunch of cool stuff. We hit some cool spots. Um, but me and Jonah started taking advantage of this. Like if they wanted to move on, we'd be like, all right, we're going to hit it really quick. And God, we must have gotten like two to three shots a day for days and days and days. And it would be like me getting a shot and Jonas getting a shot and then maybe John or something or maybe Will or whatever. 
and we filmed a ton and we came across that spot, which was actually really close to where I lived at the time or at my parents' place. Um, perfect flat bar, probably a 15 foot drop off the back of it or something like that. Um, ton of snow, super sunny. Those guys did some stuff. I did like a nose press back one and I don't know what it was, but it just clicked. I was like, I think I can do a three off this. Just kind of worked at it a little bit and then got one and it was sick. We were all super hyped. And then like instantly Jonas did that uh, front blunt 270 tuck knee. He got that within like, honestly, probably five tries. Um, we just had an awesome session. And that's, and that's really all it was. Yeah, it was just like, we didn't even think much of it. Jonas told me a fun story about this session because he was kind of, you covered a lot of the things, but he was saying that you and him had hung out a, a good amount and you weren't really like trick list makers. Some people out there are like trick list makers, but you did have these two dream tricks, kind of you would discuss these dream tricks. Mm. And at that spot, he was like, you guys are both like, oh, let's maybe think about our dream tricks. Yeah. Can talk about that. Yeah, definitely. And that kind of stuff still gets brought up. Because mm. I'm, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't go, I rarely will go to a spot with a trick in mind. Mm. I kind of go to the spot being like, um, a spot is always calling for a trick. Mm -hmm. And I don't force a trick that it's not calling for, mm -hmm. you know? So if it's like this nose press back three, it just works. I'm not trying to do nose press back five because that would seem too forced or something, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and it just doesn't really work. Um, same with like anything where there's like a rail with a bank that you get to land into. It's always calling for some sort of alley-oop, like mm -hmm. some kind of board side alley-oop into the bank or something. Mm -hmm. It just is how it is. Yeah. And I like to do the tricks that the spot is calling for. Yeah. But before we start our sessions, there will always be, what are you thinking? Like, what, Chris, yeah. what's, your, what's your dream trick on totally. this? You got a dream trick and you got yeah. a realistic trick. <laughs> and you pretty much, you're always aiming for the dream trick. But 75% of the time, you get the realistic trick. Mm -hmm. But when the dream trick works out, it's it's special. Yeah, and it did that day for both of you, which is yeah. pretty unique, too. Yeah, and I remember Jonas actually doing that at Highland. I want to say um, we have this airmail rail. It's not really a rail. It's like a, I mean, it's like a gigantic mailbox. Um, and he had done it on that, I remember, a couple times. Mm -hmm. Or everyone was kind of playing with doing these front blunt 270s with a bit of a grab. Mm -hmm. And a friend of ours, Steven, kind of was doing these really cool ones where he'd go like front blunt 270, but he'd grab stale fish and sort of poke it and then bring the 270 around. Mm -hmm. And like, it was kind of a time where the dream tricks were like, they were working. That's sick. Man, I love this uh, snowboard philosophy about the spot calling, the, dictating the trick. I also have a theory that if you have a trick in mind, the spot reveals itself. So that there's also, you know, I think that either way they can kind of attract, you can attract what you're trying to uh, essentially get in different ways. But uh, thinking about the nose press back three, you know, specifically that trick, the thing I love about it is that you didn't like wind up for it. It wasn't like this owl head, like a lot, a lot of times that trick is jerky or, you know, um, yeah, a lot of times it's heinous honestly mm -hmm. like it's like lock leg um but i love the way that you came in and you just kind of like like did a nose press back one but just with a little bit more cadence because it had such a big drop as opposed to some wound up like owl head jerky maneuver and uh i don't know i just wanted to comment on like the refined body mechanics on that yeah i think it only worked because there was that much of a drop on the back it's like i did the the 
no stress back one. It's pretty easy, a lot of a lot of airtime. Kind of just worked out. Yeah. And I, I kinda look at that now and at the time that was all good and acceptable. And mm-hmm. nowadays I think I would I would clean it up now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. I, you know, it's it's like pressed, but it's not super pressed or anything. And I look at it and, and it's so it's a trick that a lot of people will bring up. Or I mean, you know, every once in a while people will bring it up, but it's like nowadays if I was gonna do it, it wouldn't be good enough for me. I'd wanna make it like real pressed, real good, mm-hmm. a little bit better style on it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're sharpening your teeth. Did you did you notice that when so that's that was VG and when that when Videos Grass came out and you and Jonas shared that part, great part. Uh, did did you notice like getting more notoriety in the scene or any opportunity? What was that experience like when when that video came out? I'd say, yeah, I mean more notoriety. But we I was still a Minnesota kid and I already knew everyone in Minnesota, so it was it was kind of just like a dude, congrats, like, that was sick, you you made it into this part or whatever, and I was super hyped. It wasn't really until, it was probably pretty quickly after that that I had gotten more, because it was, I was riding an academy at that time, and so it was, like, after that part came out, I got on Signal, oh, okay. and that's, and then it was, like, maybe a year after that, I had gotten on Quicksilver, so it was, like, the notoriety came, um, or, you know, the notoriety, the sponsors, the, like, maybe a little bit of recognition came pretty quickly after that but at the time it was like I was just still in Minnesota still hanging you know I hadn't really talked to anyone yet the part came out still hadn't even really talked to anyone but I did make it out to uh Mount Hood we went to High Cascade I want to say you were a digger at the time um you had to have been. I remember you driving the Cadillac and like, oh yeah, and uh, and the funny backyard bowl setup mm-hmm. that the that the digger crew had and everything, and it was really that was really cool. That was where I met a lot of cool people. Basically, at that point, it was just like I had I had met some people and it was they were just like you're a part of VG now, kind of is what it felt like. Everyone was just like down, cool, easy to film with. I got a VG filmer in my backyard, and just kept doing it after that. So your world was expanding outside of Minnesota. Yeah. We, we got a, a guest question, a Patreon question, rather. Uh, this one's from Mike Klopner. Minnesota native, huge fan. When did you move out of Minnesota, and do you think it's a necessity if you want to have a professional career in snowboarding? Question mark. Well, uh, thank you for the question. I have never fully moved out of Minnesota yet, actually. Um, Minnesota's home home. I like it there a lot. So summertime is always, I would say summertime is why people live in Minnesota, just because it's so nice. Um, it's not until just the last two years that I actually have spent a majority of my season elsewhere. Um, and I always come out here to Utah because I have so many friends here. Um, Harry, who's my Vans team manager is so accommodating and lets me stay at his place um and I have a snowmobile out here now so I mean yeah like I said really up until the last couple years I've spent most of my living in Minnesota Mm -hmm. (coughs) he mentioned he's got a snowmobile out of here it is a piece of shit Polaris by the way too just to kind of (laughs) yeah (laughs) big blue ugly Polaris Uh, what do you think about you know, having to move away from Minnesota to be pro, I think that yes, that what's your thoughts on that? I don't I don't think you have to. Um, I think it's any snowboarder's progression at some point that they're gonna want to move away from where they grew up so that they can expand their horizon a little bit. But yeah, I don't think you have to. I mean, I'm looking at, 
you know, Tommy's living there just fine, and he's got a great name for himself and everything. And, and Jonas and all those guys did it as well, and now they're just kind of are, you know, beyond snowboarding at this point. But uh, I don't think you have to move out. I think everyone just at some point would like to. Mm. Talking about Tommy Gesme for people that don't know mm-hmm. TPG. He's mm-hmm. my personal favorite to watch at Highland. By Amazing the way. style. No offense, Dan. Uh, <laughs> all right. Shots. So, <laughs> shots fired. I think this is a great time to get into a Jake Durham question. He has a good one. This is a good guest question mm-hmm. for those that whoever gets like to submit one. one. Let's give Durham a little air horn too. All right, here we go. What up, bomb holers? What's up, Mikey? Dan and Grundy's. I uh, hope the show's going good. Hope Dan made it on time. I couldn't think of a question for you, Dan, but I have a challenge. Um, let's see if you can name 20 Highland locals in 20 seconds. Uh, if not, let's have you shotgun a beer and we'll be up for the rest of the show. Uh, yeah, love you guys. Later. Uh, you know, if you lose, for context, it's... 11.40 in the morning, so... He <laughs> set me up to fail on that one. 20, 20 names in 20 seconds? Yeah, I don't know if that's possible. Is this possible. first, last name? Just first names would work. I mean, I got the timer ready to go, but do we want to... I mean, is, th- is that possible? I don't know. Let's find out. Have you ever seen people that do the commercials, the bylaws at the end of, like, a uh, pharmaceutical? I mean, I Side it. effects, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be I honest. think they actually do that, <laughs> yeah. though. Let's be honest here. The worst case scenario is he has to chug a pub beer. It's true. I mean, that ain't right. bad. All right. You got the timer. I got the timer. I got the marks. You got the marks. Okay. Are, are you ready? You're um, never, never going to be ready anyway. So. I'm never fully going to be ready. I won't. Okay. So you got to name 20 Highland snowboarders. <laughs> Jeez. Should we give them 30 seconds? I think we should give them 25. I think because he said 20. What do you, what do you think? Jul- let's let Julian decide. 25 or 30. Julian are, are runner a show back there. I'll say 25. 20 and I mean, 25. I'm doubting myself on 25, but we we're can doing just rip 25 it. seconds. And you need 20 riders, 25 seconds. All right, ready? Three, two, one, go. Jonas, Jake, Joe, Zach, uh, Jake, Booty, another Jack, Steven, Travis. Fuck, where am I at? You didn't say yourself. You can say yourself. Okay, I'll say myself. Tara. Um, God damn it. Who do we got here? Uh, Brandon, Cody, um, let's four go. seconds. Hannah, Carly, Laura. Time. <sighs> Shit. We got uh, eighteen. You were close. That's, That's really good. That you know what bad. that means, though. Send it my way. Uh, these are room temperature, by the way. Room temperature. He said I have to shotgun it. Yeah. Yeah. Shotgun that bad, Larry. Yeah. Room temperature. Let's see his uh, thumb technique. Bring it above for the listeners. Let's see. Watch. Ooh, Ooh, oh, nice. That is a high compression there. 11.40 in the morning, Dan, putting down a pub beer. Room temp pub beer. Looks delicious, actually. Yeah. <laughs> delicious and nutritious. Mm-hmm. How was it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, while we're at it, Dan, I think while you're at it, let's, let's rip another. Let's hit a smelling salt back That'll to back. That'll bring him back to life. Wow, I haven't done one of those in a while. Yeah, we're gonna First just keep timer. it going. Keep it going. Just crack that snap, snap and sniff. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. 
Strong batch. Oh. Yo, that. You guys shouldn't do this, but one of these and one of these. That was a whole nother thing right there. Tell us what your about your experience there. How was that? Um, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I would do it again. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, <laughs> this one is strong. Yeah, they all hit different. It's something I don't. I wouldn't do ah. it often, but I'd do it again. What do you think about having a batch of uh, run through while smelling salt at the top of Highland rope toe? I feel like that would be like. Yeah. You'd be nose pressed back sevening. What if you could squeeze the rope and it actually released <laughs> mm. the smelling salt the whole way up? Yeah. I got a, a bit of a bucket list trick. I'd like to do a double somewhere. Mm. Double Prob- what? Just like double, double whatever. Back like, flip? yeah, no, double like cork? like back 10, double or something, front 10, double. or some okay. front 10 or whatever, but like into un- a powder jump or whatever, just for the hell of it. Cause I'm like a rail guy or whatever, you know? So it'd be kind of a sick thing to do. Mm hmm. And throw people off a little bit. And I don't care what it looks like. I'll take literally anything. But a couple of those on the drop-in. Mm. Not bad. Yeah. The pub beer or the or the smelling salt? <laughs> yeah, a bit, a bit of both, I guess. Both. Yeah, maybe the beer for afterward. Go, celebratory. Mm-hmm. I think you go pub beer, you know, responsibly for yeah. those who choose yeah. to uh, take and are of age. And then you go smelling salt. And then oh. you go back 10 double, but you grab boot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would go boot. Yeah, I'll t- I'll t- I don't know what I would do. I- I'd take anything. Boot, heel cup, tindy. Mm-hmm. I would maybe save the pub beer for a celebratory afterward. Mm-hmm. Out there having a good time with the homies. Whack a couple smelling salts, like you'd say. Um, Drive your snowmobile directly into a tree. Just fire it up. Yeah, a <laughs> couple Not- of yeehaws. Send it off of a fucking cliff. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Sounds like a good day. All right, uh, where do we want to go from here? You know, let's talk. Let's talk snowmobiling. You know, because um, you know I'm obviously team do. I bleed ski do. Uh, I've been a ski do guy my whole life too. Mm-hmm. But Dan, or on the other hand, over here took a different path. He's, he took a he fucking forked left and went Pularis. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's okay. up with that, dude? God, man, Minnesota local guy, Pularis kid. Um, no, I don't know. I got. I'm not really biased. I like the skidoos too. I think that everything's now uh, good. You can't get a. You can't get something. Uh, you could get Arctic a, cats are. You could get shit. a bad sled, yeah. but between those two are sick. But what gets it for me is a friend of mine, um, one of my neighbors growing up, uh, Mitch. He works for. You Mitch an airhorn. Yeah, Mitch deserves a big airhorn. Um, but he works for Polaris and. Just kind of through him, I've I've been able to get a, a little bit of a deal. They do sort of um, this thing where, like, for friends and family, it's kind of this, like, uh, if they have sort of a demo sled, they'll sell it a little bit cheaper to, like, kind of friends and family. Mm-hmm. So through him, I've, I've gotten a couple sleds, and I get a little bit of a deal on it, which is sweet, and that's really what, what keeps me going back. And I like the sleds. They're, they're fucking sick. So you're basically factory skidoo. <laughs> you're a factory skidoo. I mean, Factory Polaris. As yeah, I mean. I'm Factory Polaris guy. Yeah, Factory Polaris. Yeah, for and all those Polaris guys out there hearing this, I respect you. Well, that makes one of us. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's good stuff. Uh, we have a guest question here, a Patreon one from Lance Hacker. Um, you're an easy person, easy to like. Snowboarding looks easy. Easy, calm demeanor. What's the hardest thing for you? What's funny is it's for any of our friends who really know they they'd probably say it's hard for me to get up in the morning and, yeah, and do all answer. that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But it's really not that hard for <clears throat> you know, like if we're gonna go ride powder, I'm down to wake up at five, five thirty, six in the morning. If we're going dirt biking and you gotta get up early, I'm super down. 
Um, even on street trips, I'm down to get up early, but I don't want to necessarily do it every single day because it's a pretty big grind when you're out there. I mean, everyone outside of snowboarding thinks that you're playing and having a good time and all this, and, and you are. You're definitely there with all your best friends, and it's sick. Um, but the day in, day out, wake up at 7, stay out till... 10 o'clock at night shoveling for spots in the morning and you do it every single day it's like i don't always want to wake up early for that and i don't i just mean i'm still down to wake up at 8 30 or 9 i just don't want to wake up at seven o'clock every single day mm-hmm. um that's kind of hard for me or I, it's, it's not too bad good answer this, this kind of leads into a good topic because yeah. i think myself i know mikey a lot of us are fascinated by you as a human being dan mm-hmm. uh when I think about humans, like I am not chill, right? But I would love, I would love to. I'm trying to learn how to be chill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's a great, like you know, peace. You get a very peaceful demeanor. I've never seen you get mad. I've never seen you yell at anybody. Uh, and so I guess my question is, how are you so chill, dude? I don't know. My mom and dad were pretty chill. All my neighbors, everyone that I hung out hung out with at, at a young age was always pretty chill i never had anyone freaking out no one was um crazy on my ass about doing certain things at certain times it was kind of like we just got to get the job done whenever you do it that's fine the only thing i had to show up on time for was work or whatever and even that i was bad <laughs> <laughs> i worked at this bicycle shop and i'd show up maybe a half hour to 45 minutes late every day which I would get fired anywhere else for, but these dudes were so cool. And they're still my good friends. I've, I, I know I go in there all the time. Um, it was kind of like, as long as you get your work done, it's okay. As long as I was in there and working and doing the shit that I had to do, you can show up a little bit late, even though they give me shit for it every day. They didn't like it. Um, I'd still get all my work done. Almost. I've also heard on the other end of the day that Dan is someone that, Maybe he gets there late, but maybe he's the last to leave. Oh, we got a guest question about that. Yeah. Let's hit that. Hang on. Hang tight. This is from Harry Dwegs. Here we go. Let's give him <laughs> Let's give Harry Dwegs air horn. What up, bombhole? Got a question for Dan. <laughs> Dan, uh, I've noticed at just about every social gathering, you are <laughs> never the one to initiate leaving. Uh, you're kind of last man standing in every social situation, whether you're partying or not. It's uh, something I question, but also something I admire and wish I had. Um, if you could elaborate on that, that would be great. Love you, brother. Yeah, Harry. Love you, dog. I just like hanging. I don't know. I'm a yes man. I want to do everything. I don't want to miss out on stuff. I want to experience all the cool things we get to do right now. And uh, I just, I don't know. That just is what it is for me. I'm willing to get some shitty sleep and be tired to do more cool things. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the reality of the situation is a lot of times it's not even cool things. Yeah. Like when I was partying back in the day, uh, Dan would come and stay with me, Tanner, and Harry because we lived together. And, uh, you know, I would be we'd be up till the sun came up, uh, boozing and on – High-powered street drugs and everything else. Mm-hmm. Dan not touching any of that stuff, yeah. right? And he's he is uh, totally dead, dead like sober. But he's listening to us yammer, like just jaw swinging around like a typewriter. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about the dumbest stuff, and he's just up in the mix. Like it makes no sense to me why you would ever do that. 
Dude, I just appreciated you guys so much and was so happy to be there at the time. I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I probably would, but I just uh, I just liked hanging out with everyone so much, and I was kind of like, especially then. I was still so young. You know, that was when True. we were going sledding, and I wanted to be there for every second of it, and and I still do. I want to I want to do it all. I, I appreciate my sleep a little bit more now, but uh, I don't know. Fucking, I'm down to party with the rest of them and stay up late, and I want to be there for all the sessions, and yeah. Yeah, and you have that same approach. I mean, we talked about the... The personal hangouts, but also I heard, you know, if you're skating or something, maybe you're the last one to get in the car. Dude, when Same I get thing, snowboarding, you're like, hang out as long as possible. Yeah, when I start working on a trick or something, or if people are, if I have a toy sitting next to me, um, I want to use it. Yeah. So if we're all sitting at the skate park and this, and my skateboard is right here and everyone's pretty much done, but they're not leaving yet, I'll always grab it and keep going a little bit more and keep going mm-hmm. a little bit more. Even if it's not really a crazy trick or something, just a little couple slashes here and there. But I just love, I don't know. It's kind of like, I'm not super fidgety, but that's my like fidget thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you keep, keep moving. Going. Yeah. The theory, I love leaning into the theory of uh, of Dan. Because yeah. we talk about it. I'm always like, how is, he, how is he so chill? He's just the chillest human being alive. And here's one of my theories, Dan. I'd like to know, I'd like to check this out with you and see if we're on target. So I think about... You know, even filming, you know, like for, for me, I don't know how you were, Mike, but it was like, for me, it was like, I'm, I got a trick list. I got stuff I want to do. I got like, I got like an agenda of what I'm trying to accomplish and all these things. And you go on a trip with Dan, he's just like, he wakes up in the morning, he's like, morning. And then he's like, well, you know, like 10 a.m. You're like, you know, it's like <laughs> this chill. He's got no plan. He's like, gets in the van, you go. Mm-hmm. You know, but and what I found once he gets going, once he starts skating, he's locked in. And once he starts dirt biking, lock in, mountain biking, you know, snowboarding, whatever it is, he kind of just like he just fully blocks in and gets present and gets after it. And I think my theory is that you're extremely present, like you're not thinking about what's in the future, so you're not stressing. You're kind of just living what's <coughs> happening at that moment, which is maybe a curse in the sense of like, you know, filming some end all be all greatest video part ever filmed but when you're you're just living it because you're just like oh this spot's good and it's in front of me right now and we're gonna get a trick totally theory is my is my theory correct at all in any way it's pretty yeah it's pretty spot on i i like i do like to work for things you know i want to film good parts and stuff but i definitely am i i'm not working as hard on the side of things as like some people are sitting there and they're um Google Earth in like all over the place. I'm pretty old school. I have such a bad attention span for that. But I know that like everything's going to be all good. I'm here to snowboard. We're going to have a good time. Our job is to do this. I'm going to do it. It's not like I'm not going to do that stuff. Um, and I'll just, yeah, let's just kind of like let its course or, or let everything take its course because we're all here to do the same thing. It's all going to happen. It's all going to work out. Um, same with like these, you know, we talk about these spots and stuff. It's like, I just kind of like, well, let the spot come to me and I should be better. Like I'm watching, I'm watching Jed out there and he has been so motivated this year. Um, and he's been Google earth and finding all these cool spots and getting up early and he's going to have an incredible part this year. And I'm the complete opposite as far as like, I'll just get up at eight and I'll just go and I'll find something and film it and I'll come across cool spots. And then sometimes (laughs) we won't find much. Um, and I just kind of like take it that way, but I, 
I like it at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like how Jed has been doing it and how and a lot of people do it like that now. Um, and I should be better. I should be. It's kind of a nice balance. I mean, if if everybody in a crew like crew it is, is yeah. like that, that will not work. Yeah. Good point. So it's a very good to have a mix of those types of personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, I didn't stray too far from what you no. were saying. No, you're totally. I think it's yeah. getting into the psyche of Dan too. When you think about you know the thing that's fascinating as well is like you've had projects where you're kind of like the marquee character. It's built around you by a brand, mm-hmm. which would normally make people have a damn panic attack on like putting this weight on their shoulders to create this unbelievable thing and you still whether you're the marquee name in a huge feature film from a brand or you're just filming for any project your mentality doesn't ever seem to waver yeah and i mean i want to be productive i want to do cool things always but i don't want to wear myself out either so like for me just knowing that all right this is the job it's an awesome job or whatever i don't even it's kind of funny to even call it a job, but, you know, we go on a trip, and it's like you spend a bunch of money to be there or whatever. It's like, I'm here to snowboard just like everyone else, and if I don't burn myself out, I'm going to do this longer, mm-hmm. you know? So. Nice. so I'm hearing importance of rest. Mm-hmm. This is I'm yeah. just taking notes right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to rest. Sounds yeah. like rest yeah. both when you're... I mean, Dan almost sounds like he's resting when he's awake. <laughs> I'm resting true. right now. He's chilling. <laughs> We're not riding right now. This is rest. This is yeah. rest. I yeah. mean, I, when I go boarding with Dan... I mean, I can be a mix of both, I think. Um, but generally, I would lean more towards the, like, I've got a mission. I want to go yeah. get this, especially when I'm filming. Yeah. Like, I'm going straight to this thing or that thing. And yeah, Dan, but that hypes me up, though. Because, like, I see when our friends are like that. Or, like, you guys up here at Brighton, you know right away in the morning, this mm-hmm. hit. I want to yeah. do this. And I get psyched on that. that. Yeah, but I love having, like, your energy. For example, if I'm focused... I think the balance of having either you or Boggs at the top, yeah, like those would be my preferred guys. Maybe Blake if he's around. Yeah, you all are so like. Boggs is a chiller up there. It's good. Yeah. Just take a couple breaths, chill. But just having that energy in a group when there is some people that tend to be higher edged, like myself, maybe you. Yeah. Having that chill homie around is yeah. the shit. Brody's yeah. like, what up? Looks <laughs> <Lux> money. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Blake is incredible out there. Mm-hmm. He sent Kuzik off this jump so fucking huge best. one time. <laughs> we were in Japan. And uh, this story's maybe already been told. I don't even remember. But we, we built this jump out there, and it's a pretty chill zone. Everyone's kind of hanging at this point. Jump's a decent size. Um, and this is when we were filming for Landline. You front seven tailed it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, keep going. We were filming for Landline, and that jump is it's big, but it's not huge. It's probably pretty big for Japan anyways. And uh, we have our in-run built, and we're kind of questioning our speed. And Blake's like, I don't know, dude. I'd go at least 20 feet higher. And we're all sitting there like, what? Wow. Like, are you serious? He's, he's the like, mountain oh, guy. you got to trust Oh, yeah. He, we, we were like, yeah, we're, talking, we're taking notes off of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, at least 20 feet. And Jake, at least 20. And Jake uh, Kuzik was the first to go. And so he goes about whatever <laughs> 15 20 feet higher pretty much goes straight after this jump for a back five india i want to say or something goes like huge goes back nine smokes <laughs> a tree on the way down huge probably yeah. went 80 feet past the landing wow you know but the snows there it's so good it doesn't really matter but all we saw was him like 
<laughs> Dude, he was skydiving. Was this like a, was like Blake threatened by Kuzik? Did he want to like maybe? Yeah, take was this him a out? sabotage movie? I think there's party? some. Yeah, some there's beef. some beef. There no, could be beef. A sabotage situation. Yeah, those guys they were fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Who's getting Ender? I'm taking this guy up. Yeah, twenty feet higher. This happens yeah. a lot on set. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's yeah. common. Too. I've done it to people. Yeah. Fights break out here. Yep. Yeah. No, no, those dudes are cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good stuff. I think right along the lines of what we're talking about, we, we got a banger question from Justin Meyer, Ooh. one of my favorite humans on planet Earth. What's up, bomb haulers? Chris, how you doing? Mikey, good to see you in that seat. He looks like you guys got Mr. Danimals in there. Hey, Dan. Um, I think what's interesting to me about Dan, he's always... Any trip, he's just kind of there snowboarding. Like, filming it just happens by accident. And, you know, I feel like he'd be content sitting there all day just doing a 50-50 or a board slide. And it seems like there always needs to be someone with the magic push. Like, uh, Riley used to always be able to pull the best out of Dan. And uh, I just wanted to know who's who's the one pushing the buttons on the Dan robot over at Vans? Who, who's making Dan dance? Because... Uh, Dan left to his own own good. We'll just sit there and fifty fifty a rail all day long. <laughs> Anyways, love you guys. Later. Yeah, Meyer. Well articulated question. Oh god, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, shit. I mean, we would go out and I'm trying to think who's pushing the buttons now. Uh, Durham's good. Durham would have always have cool ideas. Um, and he still does. He has a lot of a lot of good stuff going. Then it was Riley. Riley would always. This is kind of this th- what the spot is calling for. Riley had a good idea or a good eye for that. Mm. So he would say, you know, like, what about this? What do you think? Or I would do something a little warm up on it, and he'd be like, What do you think about trying this? And I'd be like, Yeah, just feeling comfortable. Like that'll work. Yeah, let's do it. And then um, Meyer would do the same. Meyer had a lot of cool ideas. Yeah, as well. Meyer was kind of the one guy. You know the shot of me where it's in a VG video and it's this wall ride and there's a Love fence it. and the nose and I kind of do this kind of backside wall ride and the nose dips down through the fence. There's actually more of Meyer's idea. Mm. He was like, "Dude, what about this?" And just before that, or it was just after that, uh, Gus Angle had done the back wall ride kind of roll off of the you know? twist thing. Yeah, the mm-hmm. kind of McTwist thing was super cool. And then I wasn't even going to hit it at first. You know, I, that was kind of his thing. You know, like a lot of snowboarders will have, this is your spot. You do it. I'll find the next thing or whatever. And he came up with that. And I was like, that's sick. Yeah, let's try it. Did a couple wall rides, start dipping the nose through there. And it actually was pretty chill, pretty easy. Was, that was a Meyer idea. Um, Meyer was good at that. And now with all the van stuff, they really let us just do what you want to do. So, like, if you want to go out and get gnarly, you go get gnarly. Um, they're there for it. They will throw ideas out, but I don't remember it quite as much as how <coughs> Riley or Durham or even Meyer would do it. Those mm. guys were like, what, what do you think about this? What do you mm. think about this? Tanner used to do it. Tanner did it when we were filming for Landline. And he had, he had big, like, you know, aspirations and dreams for that video. And we... and. All of us did, but that was a time, especially for Tanner, where he was like, I'm going to make something really good. I want to be hyped on this when we're done. I want you guys to be hyped. So he wanted to push us as hard as he could. 
you know, so we did, yeah. did good things. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I've battled it out with before. You know, usually some I would always go to a trick, and I agree with the, uh, you know, a spot calls for something, and sometimes I would get in my head what that spot was calling for, but then someone like Andy Wright or Whitey would bring up an idea. Sometimes it bothered the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. But some a lot of times they were right. Did it ever yeah. get to you when people would push you, or is this always something where it's just um, a smooth collaboration? Nothing too crazy. Yeah. I I I really like I like it when people are throwing ideas out. I just think that's sick, and everyone's working together, and and the uh, I don't know. It's, it's just cool. If yeah. Someone throws a trick at you, and and you feel comfortable with it, then right on, go yeah. get it. Um, it doesn't really get to me. Maybe a the first or maybe the second year of landline tanner was pushing pretty hard a couple times but on big things yeah you know like stuff that was pretty scary and like you would you would want to like deep down you'd want to but you want to do it on your own terms mm-hmm. you don't want someone to push you into doing something right. big like that right. and so maybe at that time there was a little bit of people or maybe it was more just me where i'd be like or i'd be like shit like yeah, I agree with you. I like this. I want to yeah. do that, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be forced into doing it right this second. Yeah. You know, yeah. I get it. I get the vision, but like, I need to think about it for a day or I need to like, yeah, I need to kind of just do my thing, ride a little bit more. And then all of a sudden one day I'll be like, let's get it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of did that actually with a different spot in Japan. Um, it's that big rail where I jump off the retaining wall to the rail that had the pole mm-hmm. at the end. Um, together forever yeah that was another trip with tanner and everything but it was this is like a totally different tanner this was you know we filmed landline everything was way more chill people still wanted to get gnarly but there was a little bit of like cool we did it now we're just filming now we just get to make cool things and and you know ride new gear and look cool and whatever and that spot we kept driving by it every day every day every day no one wanted to do it and we were getting kicked out of spots <laughs> left and right, like as you do in Japan. And then um, I want to say Ollie was driving. I was in the front seat, and we had just got kicked out of a spot. We had nothing going on, and I was like, yo, Ollie, let's go check it out real quick. Like, let's drive past it one more time. And then, but deep down, I was like, I want to just do this. Yeah. I was like, we, we keep getting kicked out. This is pissing me off. Like, let's go hit something. <laughs> yeah. And but it was big and scary, and then we got there, and I was like, "Let's do it." Yeah. And at first, I was like, "Should we even do it?" There's these big bushes. There's all this stuff that's kind of in the way. And Ollie was a beast. He was just ripping bushes out and stuff. <laughs> like in Japan, that's a bit sketchy. Yeah, they hate you don't that. really alter things. You know, it's like a big no-no. And I was like, "Should we do it?" And he was like, "Oh yeah." He didn't even think about it. He's just cutting big bushes out, piling snow all over the place, mm-hmm. moving a couple things here and there, and then uh, and then we did it, and it was cool. Awesome. Is that the scariest clip you've ever filmed? Mm, I don't know. One of them. One of the scariest, maybe. Well, at first, when I I started doing it, I think any of the spots that look scary, when you first do it, it's kind of scary. But then when you break into it a bit, it's not so bad. Yeah. Or at least for me. For the people listening, it's like you go off a retaining wall, you land on a down rail with a huge drop, and then if you lock in, there's a giant pole at the bottom of the rail. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of be creeping on the inside edge of the square bar. And so uh, Meyer said it beautifully. He's like, you know, he's, he's like, it's one of those spots that only somebody from Highland Hills can do because it's like really like a technical to be on the inside corner like that. It's like, you know, you have to have a lot of trust and board control to be able to like 
50 50 the inside you still locked in mm-hmm. but you didn't you can't lock in too much to where you run into the pole yeah you're definitely feathering how much on it and off of it you are <laughs> but you want to get as close to it as you can because that's the trick you know mm-hmm. and then i never had any times where i went over or got too locked in um i had a lot of times where we pile up a ton of snow and i'd hit the i'd only slide it for like maybe 10 feet and landed a bunch of snow. So mm-hmm. I, I was able to work into it. It yeah. ended up not being so bad. But the very first probably three times jumping onto it because it was like retaining wall and then there's literally nothing and then it's rail. So like just looking down, there's just nothing. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like that was the scariest part. The rail is really only right here. It's not even that big of a leap or anything. It's not that crazy, but it just looks crazy. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a... Like mental thing. How many times do you think you hit that? Like maybe I don't know. Till you got twenty it. times, maybe yeah. something like that. Japan is notoriously a bust. Yeah, especially yeah. North Island. And Dude, twenty and times. I mean, that's like what, like an hour of sessioning or something. Probably. Yeah. Like we got lucky. No one said a word, and that's in the middle of the city. It's right there. People walking up and down the stairs. Wow. But I think what got us was that wasn't really anyone's property. Okay. It was like a park. Yeah, even though it's in the middle of the city and you're definitely not supposed to be there, it was like no one said anything. Yeah. Well, Jake Durham brought up something interesting to me about you. He's like, dude, one thing I always admired about Dan and I never got was he's at a spot. There's mad people around. We've been getting kicked out everywhere. And you just take your time. You don't care. What's your perspective on that? Like, just roll because you know i'll get stressed i'm like let's go like i try to maybe i don't set it up as well i don't get things tight what's yeah. your process in a high bust situation i kind of go both ways if it's high bust and i know it and it's something i really want i'll hustle a little bit harder to make yeah. it um good to hit but i always want to make it good yeah. i don't really like half ass in the spot a little bit mm-hmm. um like i want it to be i want to feel comfy mm-hmm. if i don't feel comfy i'm just you, you want know, your outs. You plan your I outs. I want a little bit of outs, you know, or it doesn't even have to be that well set up if I know that I got the thing, you right. know. But if it's kind of a big thing, I want to make sure that there's snow. I'm not like – I mean, I appreciate all the shots of, like, no snow on the stairs and all the stuff and, like, not having much of a landing. But if I don't have many tries, if I don't have much time to work into it, I just want to make it good and I'll just get it. Yeah. And, like, some people don't really realize that. They'll be like, damn, that was, like – you know, why don't you clear this out or whatever? No one really calls you out on it, but I know everyone's out there thinking it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I want to feel comfy. Yep. Like, I'll just take it, yep. you know? And if you don't have much time and you don't have time to, like, make that landing a little bit smaller or push it differently or take snow away from a spot to make it look differently, like, then you don't have time. Right. You know? Yeah. Sometimes Better I, safe than... Totally. Sometimes you pull up to a spot and there's, like, ice just caked on the stairs all over the place. I mean, this is a good example. We were at uh, we were in Finland, and Savannah was doing this double line, and there was so much ice on the stairs, so much. And me and Jed were sitting there like, you guys, don't even worry about it. Like, there's nothing. You're not going to take a shovel and chip this away. And they were trying. Parrish is going to town on the ice on the stairs, and he, he did okay. He got a bit of it, and we were just like, dude, it's a follow cam. No one's even going to notice it. But it's sick that they want to do it still. And nowadays I'm kind of like, if I just take the spot the way it is, mm-hmm. you know, if mm-hmm. I can make it look really appealing and if I have the time to do it, I'll do it. If not, I won't, but I'm always going to try and make it comfy at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mikey was in the era of bone dry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of how we rolled. No jump, bone <laughs> Dude, dry. But, but we were also idiots. I mean, we would literally <laughs> like 
I was just going to say, we're smarter spot. now, maybe. <laughs> Wait, I mean, going out with Spencer last year was eye-opening. It was like, that pole, I'm like, I don't even see that pole. But, like, we were running into those poles. Getting People were getting broke off left and right without these thinking how to be smarter and ride for more for longer for so. sure mm-hmm. we're in more risk uh analysis risk is a little analysis, better yeah. for sure and we're in more of an era of longevity yeah you know so like you can't roast your board in five tries hitting something bone dry you True. need some snow there you gotta like you want to snowboard longer you need more snow you got to do things good mm-hmm. dude carlino when we used to film with him he would ejaculate over bone dry stairs he'd be like, <laughs> like, oh, stairs. Yeah. like they're yeah. just like <laughs> Bo- you know that was his, like you're like dude I, nobody cares if there's like an inch of snow, dust on there but i, I also think yeah. that like people when don't notice so yeah. people don't notice when also when you're a kid when you're like maybe 16 to like like 23 or 24 25 you kind of have this like invincibility mm-hmm. like halo you around you the whole and thing. you like don't think you can get hurt you probably maybe haven't gone through a slew of injuries and then like after 27 or something you're kind of like your body started to shit the bed. You're like, all right, I got to kind of like, uh, I got to make sure these spots are a little safer. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, and I look at like, you know, guys I look up to like Luif, his his setups are crazy. And he hits big spots. So sometimes he'll have a bigger landing for a big spot, but like he makes everything just pristine. Mm-hmm. And it looks sick. And no yeah. one says a word about it because there's nothing to say about it. It's like incredible. Mm-hmm. And then I also watch all like our homies, um, like the Impaler guys back home, they go set up a spot and it's like, obnoxious sometimes how like gnarly it looks three spoonfuls of snow in the landing they bring stuff in i heard i heard they put like spikes in the landing on purpose (laughs) yeah 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 i actually had they paved asphalt (laughs) over the snow to make it sketchy yeah yeah yeah. they'll have these guys come in and light fire all over the place (laughs) (laughs) no but like um and and they are landing everything too those guys are you know gnarly for that but they got some good slams too so i don't know i'll take it both ways i appreciate it well, all this video talk, I think it might be time for Name That Video Part. I think that's great. Name That Video Part is presented by our Patreon members this week. We do not have a sponsor Name That Video Part, so it's sponsored by the people. Um, thank you guys for supporting us, and if you're interested in signing up, head on over to bombhole.com, and uh, that's where you can find the link. And support the show. All right, so name that video part. Uh, a couple things. I think for the listener, we're going to give away, a, what do we got, a ride snowboard? Yeah, I think we got um, potentially a full setup. I don't know for sure. It's loose, like um, my life right now. But, uh, yeah, board bindings for sure. You'll be getting, we'll say this for legal purposes, you'll be getting a package from Ride Snowboards, unconfirmed what it is. Yeah, you get a package, and it'll be awesome. You'll like it. Yeah. Um, and But the first one. Um, this one's for you, and you get a package from the bomb hole if you get it correct. Uh, so what's your confidence level, 0 through 10 here, Dan? I'm going to uh, hit it right down the middle. We'll just say like a 5. Like that. I mean, it's very fitting to his personality, right? Yeah. It's yeah. middle of the He's road. very well-regulated. Yeah. Yep. Middle of the road. Yeah. I'll keep it realistic. Okay. All right. Here we go. I think we went too fucking easy on you, but we'll see how it goes. That's my boy Jake OE. What up? That's correct. Uh, you Jake. got yourself a uh, bomb hole prize pack. I think yeah. it's from Yeti. Thank you. You got some hats in there. You got um I think you got some shirts, some hoodies. Dude, you um, stack these things. I don't remember oh. what else. Actually, Stickers. Danny, Danny, our uh, boy in the back, packed that one. Head nice. of e-commerce. Nice. So it's kind of a mystery package. I think you probably got some stickers. 
Dude, hell yeah, I love stickers. Yeah. Whoever doesn't do. like stickers nowadays, there's something wrong with them. Yeah, it's a little sketchy. Sick. Thank you, dude. All right, for part two of Name That Video Part, this is for the listeners. So if you guys know the song, we pick our winner on Instagram. So we can check. There's kind of a timestamp on Instagram. We can say first post, you know, first person to post um, the name of the video part and the song uh, or the writer um, on Dan's photo on Instagram. When that comes out, that's where we pick our winner. All right. I think I went too easy on this one, too, because I think everybody knows this one as well, at least in my realm. But it's going to be kind of a race first person there. Ride setup. Here we go. Do it for the fun, drop back. Got cash, got money, and I got it on my lonely fuck a friend, man. It's a great video part. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. We're talking video parts. Let's get into trick nerd stuff, Mike. Okay. I'd love to. Um, let's start it off with I think it's May Day. <coughs> Um, you did a gigantic kink rail, fifty-fifty, and then you transfer to back fifty-fifty. Uh, I think it's the same rail uh, Froney boardied and got bodied boardying, I believe. But yeah, I love that clip. Why don't you talk about that one a little bit? All right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's too much to say about it, but that was on this trip that we were calling trip x at the time we jumped in a couple different vehicles drove around the midwest um we had a sweet crew and there's a shot from that same day actually that i always like and it's and it's oe and he's trying to do this thing where he jumps over the rail and comes back and does a backflip on it i want to say and he couldn't get it for a little bit and he chucks his board but in this like helicopter motion and the board goes flying i was kind of like that shot but we were hitting that spot um, the kink rail that we were talking about. And Froney tried it, board slide down flat. The rail kind of has this little bit of a of a of a woo at the end of the um, flat part. Or a woo just being like a little bit of like an actual lip to it kind of. Uh, and he just goes flying, just like straight to his ass. Wow. Lands on his back. Ended up being totally fine, but I don't think he did it again after that. And I was kind of trying... 50 front threes because of that little lip it had mm. off the end of the flat and it was working but it was such a flat landing it was pretty big drop and i actually had um that one that you're talking about just an accident <laughs> just fully an accident Sick. like got on felt good was sliding off to the inside of the stairs and it just lined up perfect where i saw it and was able to just kind of jump a little bit and i knew i'd be on the rail and i did that came straight off the end we were like that was sick <laughs> like we'll just let's watch that let's watch that real quick everyone was hyped um and then we just did that that was it cool did yeah. you do it again or just that was the shot that was it that's it for being an accident your body language was about as chill as humanly possible i mean there was something where when i was on i knew it was gonna happen yeah. you know i was slipping off but i was like oh this is perfect it's lining up so I, I i knew i could do it that was the thing but it was it was on accident i didn't i didn't think about it or anything it just happened I wonder how many accidental shots there are on videos. I mean, especially that, that end up in the, in the part. I'm sure with spinning, it's maybe a little bit more common. Like someone tries a nine and they go... Ten or something. Whatever. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but not on rails. You ever get any of those? I have no idea. 
I can't remember anything I ever did. <laughs> I can think of uh, one in particular in Get Real. I did a, um, I was trying to do switchback tail to switch on a down rail with a donkey. And I went switchback tail and then literally just perfect 270, like my shoulders started turning. And yep. I had never actually done that trick, I don't think, in my life. And I did it on a handrail for me for the first time. But sick. it was like full-blown accident. Like, yeah. So sick. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the only one I could think of. I mean, you wouldn't be able to do it if you didn't ride every day. Sometimes the stuff just works. True. Feeling you confident know, on your board. That's maybe a little bit of that Highland mm-hmm. mentality of like something is happening that you didn't plan, but you just know how to adjust to it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. How, how do you feel like, like, I feel like you're somebody who snowboards all the time during the winter. Um, do you, how do you keep that confidence up? You mean like in the off season or something? No, just snowboarding, like in mid season. Um, I don't really think about it. I don't know. I just let it, I just let it go. It's just this, if you're comfortable, you just do it. Yeah. I never really, I like to push my comfort level a little bit and I want to do things that scare me, but it's always in a way where it's scary, but I know I got it. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm gonna break confidence, I probably just won't do it. That's when bad shit happens. That's when mm-hmm. you get hurt. Um, like I might try something and I'm a little bit nervous, but the confidence is always there. And when you do stuff like that, you mm-hmm. don't you don't get hurt as often. Yeah, yeah. Um, and keeping the confidence is just riding. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's crazy thinking about like when you ride year round. Like working at for four summers, I think I worked at Hood all summer. And so you're riding essentially year round, or you look at Sage and all a lot of like, you know, a lot of these people that are really good, they also go to like New Zealand for a month in the yeah. fall. I mean, they also go to Hood, and so snowboarding is like a ten month out of the year thing, nine mm-hmm. month out of the year. It's like, I mean, that's it's pretty simple. But if you do that, you're you're gonna be really good at snowboarding. But I don't know why my mind doesn't always think like that. It's like, but that's the key. I'm kind of the same. I mean, it makes sense if you ride all the time, you're just going to get better and more comfortable. But a little bit of what gets me excited about snowboarding is a little bit of time away from the snowboard as well. Mm. Well, let's talk about time away because you got dirt biking, which we mentioned. Uh, but you're also a big avid skateboarder, mountain biker, and you hunt ducks. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about your hobbies, bro. Oh, I love my hobbies. <laughs> yeah. They're all, I mean, snowboarding itself is a hobby. I like it. But, um, the thing that gets me coming back and gets me all excited is the summertime hobbies. Yeah, skating did that probably when I started snowboarding as well. Um, that was like skating, snowboarding, and dirt biking were the things that took me away from the traditional sports growing up, like baseball and basketball and all that. So I played baseball for a long time. Um, What'd you play? Uh, I was a catcher. Mm. Yeah, I so mean, you, you play. So you got an arm. I guess it's there. I got a little something. You got a cannon. I got a little something. Um, But yeah, when you're like, you know, when you're little, you play everything, you play every sport, your parents put you in everything if they want you to be active and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it was like high school hit and I was like, I just want to skate. I just want to snowboard. I just want a dirt bike. I want to goof off and whatever. And luckily in my case, it kind of worked out with snowboarding that I chose this route and then was able to do something further with it because that doesn't happen often. Um, and I like, I appreciate that, you know, but, uh, yeah, dirt biking, big hobby. That's like a big driving thing for me in the summertime. I've always been into skating, did it at the same time I started snowboarding. Uh, mountain biking was something I was always into, but 
it's a little bit more recent, like biked and BMXed forever when I was little as well. But the mountain biking thing is like newer in the last six years or something like that, where now I've got pretty nice mountain bike and I go and ride more and like use it as like almost training for dirt biking or something. But yeah, those are like, those are all the other outside hobbies. Oh, and hunting. Yeah. Like I like, I go hunting a lot. I don't talk about it that often because some people are like not that down and I appreciate that too, but I like to go and do it. Yeah. Sell me, sell us on hunting. <laughs> I I think hunting is, is sick. I mean, it's the same thing. I have like a good crew of friends that I go and do it with. They're awesome. They're not the stereotypical, like, outside people that don't hunt, your outside perspective of hunters are these, like, redneck dudes, and a <laughs> lot of them are. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we're, like, it's like we're snowboarders. We go out there. We bullshit. We have a good time. Um, you're, like, super motivated, and you're super, like, focused on what you're doing uh, for a brief moment while you're hunting and doing it. And then it's back to goofing off, and we're really, like, the idea of being an ethical hunter is kind of what we're doing. You know, you go out there, you get your ducks, your geese, maybe you shoot a deer, and then that's, like, our supply of food for a while. And then we don't hunt for a while, you know? So we're not going out there just banging birds, like, left and right. I mean, we're doing it, but there's no scraps. You're not like, I don't know where that one went, and just leaving it in the dust. Or you're Mm -hmm. not like, all right, like, you know, being crazy about it. It's fun. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like it's. It maybe is more of a Midwest thing, but we kind of grew up a little bit with it, and or at least our parents did for sure. And you explore it, and you either like it or you don't. Mm, I like it. Awesome. Yeah. Interesting. And I know you also ride your road bike around. We didn't bring that, but this guy's always romping around on your road bike. Full uh, spandex or? Y- yeah. No, but I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. really go full spandex, but I like. I like having some padded bike shorts and, yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. and going right. You got to wear the diaper. You got to wear the diaper. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's How's nice. the chafage on that? Uh, you hit some chafe or? Not with, uh, or not that, with the pads. So the taint's <laughs> kind of like basically leather at this point from just. <laughs> strong taint. Strong Because I know at beginning taint. of bike season, the taint gets just annihilated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah strong down there. Just yeah. hammered. And, uh, oh, we forgot to mention uh, construction guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that Dan, was. Dan works a job in the summer. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, no summer job's cool. Um, I don't want to do. I don't always want a summer job. I had a little taste of you know snowboarding year round and not having a summer job. But I also lived at home at that time, so things were a little easier. And I'd like to go back to doing that. That's pretty fucking fun. But uh, the summer job started when COVID hit. You know, like whether you are getting paid or not getting paid, it's like everyone's hanging out at home. Even if you were making a bunch of money off of snowboarding or whatever, you're still looking for things to do. And I went back to working at the bicycle shop that I grew up working at. And uh, this guy, um, Nate and Casey, um, these guys, they're they're brother-in-laws. They have a little, not business together, but they all work together and everything. And I was working at the bike shop. I was kind of like, this is cool. You know, it's fine. But I want to do something different. I want to learn and uh, those guys were like, yeah, come over, clean up, just do stuff with us for a little bit, and if you want to stay, stay. If not, you know, move on, and yeah, just started doing that. Now we do remodels 
additions, whatever. What's your skill set? What do we got? Are we finishing carpenter? Uh, what do we? What do you? What do you um, do? Well, I'll do like. Are you fucking up saws on the miter cuts? Cuts? Or are you? Yeah, we go and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm still like, you know, I've done it for a few years with them and learned a ton. It's and it's sick. Like, definitely recommend it to anyone that doesn't want to. You know, if you got the time and you want to learn some stuff, you want to learn about houses and work on your own stuff and save money, go do it for sure. Yeah, it's sick, and you can make good money doing it too. Um, definitely go do that. I'm still fairly new, I'd say, at it. Like these guys are, you know, only in their 40s and have been doing it for like as long as we've been snowboarding or something. You know, that's how much time they have under their belt, and they they're good. You know, they're like mathematically putting fractions together. They figure stuff out like that. That's like a long way away for me still. But I'll go out there, do all the demo. Um, you know, we'll. Basically do everything if it makes sense for us to do it. So demo, putting up drywall, painting, all the stuff, finished carpentry, putting a kitchen in. If it's small enough and it makes sense time-wise for us to do the work, we'll do it. And if not, we'll do the demo, framing, putting windows in, doors, whatever, stuff like that. But then if it's a big job, then we've got drywall guys, painters, cabinet makers, they'll come in, install all that stuff. Um, and then we'll do the finish afterward. And mostly it's this guy, Casey, who does the finish work. Mm-hmm. But I'll come in and help out a little bit. So you're how's learning. how's learning. the banter on the job site? It's usually pretty good. Yeah. These guys are super good at mountain biking. They're not old. You know, like I said, they're in their 40s and they like to have fun too. And they go, <coughs> like how we have snowboarding, they got mountain biking. Their weekends are big. Yeah, it's good. Well, let's transition back into snowboard talk. Uh, super interesting stuff. Um, and this is a question from none other than Tanner Pendleton. Here we go. Yo, what's up, Dan? This is Tanner. Um, I'm curious because I don't think I've ever seen you drink water in my entire life. Um, I'm curious what's up with that and also what is in your backpack on a day out uh, in the backcountry or the streets. Um, tell me about it. I miss you very much. Bye. I love you all. Yeah, Tanner. Love you, dude. Miss you. Well, Tanner, I got my water right here. And I do drink water out there. Just um, you don't get to see it very often. No, I don't know. I don't know what's up with it. I, I actually... In the summertime, I always have a gallon of water with me because we're going dirt biking. It's hot. You're sweating way more. And snowboarding is, you know, maybe not uh, working up as much of a sweat doing it. I don't know. I can't. I don't have a good reason for that. Well, Everyone gives me shit on this one. He, he was curious, too, aside from the water, like your diet, like maybe what you're bringing with you on an average day of filming in the streets, you know. It's not as nutritious as other people's choices? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I like a bit of candy in my bag or something. Or in your bag? In my bag, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I gravitate towards sweet things. So mm. if there's a water or there's a juice, I'm grabbing a juice or something. And it's I should stop. You know, I'm being better about it now. But um, actually, Let's I'm not really better at it. Let's talk about staples in the bag. I'd like yeah. to know some staples in the bag. Yeah, the tea. Yeah. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about uh, a street bag. 
A street bag, yes. Street bag. Um, well, lately I've been running this uh, tote bag that Kennedy has designed with uh, vans, and that's been good. Nice plug, nice plug. Yeah, stick that one up there. Got you guys. Um, <laughs> Harry, take note. Harry. <coughs> Where's that? <coughs> raise. <laughs> this, guy, this guy's working construction <coughs> for Christ's sake. Let's get him a raise. <laughs> All right, Dan, keep it going. Um, no, in the bag I got uh, extra hats. I actually will bring a pair of goggles, even on a street trip, because... I don't know. Sometimes it's snowing out there. You want to hit something. If you still can, I want to make sure I can do it. Uh, extra gloves for sure. I'll bring like a sweatshirt, a long sleeve, a light jacket. Kit changes. Yeah, yeah there's always some kit changes, and I'm not even that crazy about kits, but I'm always bringing something. Uh, as you notice, like, like you probably dealt with this. You're sitting there. I'll sit there with Tanner and be like, Tanner, like, what shirt do you want me to wear? Because it's going to look different on video mm -hmm. or for where they're filming or if you're filming closer to dark or at night or whatever. So I kind of just, it's like instinct now. It's like if you bring something that's gray, you bring something that's also red or black or something, you just like leave options open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I kind of got that kind of stuff. I'm pretty chill on my bag, though. Well, other things in the bag I've seen before, too, is uh, chocolate milk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big and time. this Do guy's a, you're a frequent of the donut in the morning. Love the donut. Love the chocolate milk. Yeah, big on the chocolate milk. Sell as us, well. sell us on those those two items in your diet. Well, chocolate milk's got protein in it, and I'm a growing boy. And donuts just good. I'm back in the donut. Donuts just good. Yeah, Caleb and I were doing bear claws last year. A lot of calories, dude. I'm saying you're gonna burn them off. I've said this for years now. Harmon's Bakery has the best donuts. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Quite yeah. good. But you still, I've seen, I remember, um, you know, you're, it, the thing that makes no sense to me is you're still cut, you know? Like you eat chocolate milk, you take hammer sugar and all these things, and you're still somehow, like, not fat. <laughs> Winter diet is way different than summer, but summer diet. Um, I'd say, like, even in the winter, we're hiking a lot, we're shoveling a lot, you're doing a lot of work, and, and when you're snowboarding and hustling for a shot, that's a lot of work. Like, you're sweating. I've been out there on days where it's like, I don't know, 10, 15 degrees, pretty cold, yeah. everyone's wearing puffy coats, and you're sitting there in a long sleeve running up and down stair sets or running up and down this hill to go do something. Um, so it's like you're kind of you're burning more than you think by being out there doing it. And just and, staying warm, you're yeah, burning. Yeah, especially like... Up in the mountains, think about how much mm -hmm. hiking you do and everything. Um, but then in the summertime, I spend much more time making food and eating better and bringing gallons of water with me when I'm going dirt biking and stuff. And, like, we go freaking hitting the job site. I got a gallon of water with me every day. And I can't say I drink all of it every day or anything, but, you know, we, do, we put a dent in it. What's your favorite brand of chocolate milk? Picky uh, or no? I kind of like that Fairlife chocolate milk. Whole or like two percent? Whole. Mm -hmm. Or there's uh there's a small um I actually guess I don't know how small it is, but Cass Clay chocolate milk is kind of a Minnesota I don't even know if it's just local to Minnesota, but I only see it at this little town up north. Do you fuck with Yoohoo? Mm, good choice, yeah. Mm. It's not really chocolate I, milk. It's not really it's a chocolate drink. Yeah. That's how they drink. It's not as not as thick. I respect Yoohoo. Yoohoo looks cool. Could yeah. have a glass bottle. Good logo. Yeah. Maybe potential. You who looks cool, looks old school, but I don't ever get it. No. Yeah. Uh, what's the look like Meyer made years ago? 
Oh yeah, yeah. So that kind of yeah, that's another question that's come up. What is? I mean, we know that you're from Minnesota, a lot of Scandinavians. But I, if I had to look at you, I'm guessing Scottish heritage, Irish, Italian. Mm. Oh no. What do you got? Norwegian. 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 Yeah. Okay. Well, the guy from the you know Meyer brought up, and he we may even have a side by side. I mean, it. I got the image of you know, is uh the. Uh, well, they were talking about Willie, right? Yeah, groundskeeper Willie. Groundskeeper oh, that's a Willie sick from, the one. <laughs> from the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like similar accent. Yeah, you're maybe the Norwegian ripped egg. red hair. Ripped. I think there's probably a little bit of Scottish or Irish or something in there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's you. That's you can zoom in on that <laughs> for the zoomer. Dan for, for is groundskeeper Willie yeah. from the Simpsons. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so that would be a good board graphic, right? Should make that. Mm-hmm. That's a sick one. How did? Uh, how did you get on ride? That's a fun fun fact to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ride was sweet. Uh, let me think here. I was working at the bicycle shop. I was riding for Signal. I wasn't making very much money, and it didn't matter at the time. So I didn't know, you know, I was living at my parents' place, happy, doing whatever it was what we were doing at the time. And I'm sitting at work, literally tuning skis and snowboards, and I get this phone call from Tanner Pendleton, which I would give him an air horn for sure. He's, like, made the world go around for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hit me up and was like, dude, what's up? Like, I'm Tanner. And instantly I knew we were about the same age, very like-minded people, talked so easy for, like, probably 45 minutes. And I'm at work. I just walked out back, didn't even tell these, didn't even tell anyone I was working with where I was going. And uh, I even think at one time, this guy, Jason, who I worked with, walked outside and was like, what are you doing? you got to work. Get in here. And I was like, dude, I got to take this. And he's like, whatever. And we're talking, and he's giving me this his dream, basically, at this point. Or not not his dream, but he's basically, they dreamed up this whole idea for what ride was going to be. They're revamping it. Um, and that was... I mean, that really was it. There's not, like, that much to say about it, but he was sitting there going, look, this is how much we got for you. I want to say it was, like, five to 700 bucks a month or something. It was pretty much double or a little bit more than what I was making at Signal. And they had this big idea. They had all these guys. They had already had people that were pretty much locked in. I think I told them I was going to sit and wait and just, like, think about it for a second. And then that gave me time to, like, call you know spencer or whoever you know it was like it was like Derek spencer myself ojo um handful of people and i called like most of them and was like yo what's up you guys doing this is it is it for real is it actually happening because sometimes there's a lot of talk and it doesn't really it doesn't actually form into anything um and they were all doing it they were in and then I talked to Tanner again, and he had mentioned T-Door's name a lot. I didn't even know T-Door at the time. And he was like, yeah, like he came in. We've already like cut everybody and have all new people. It's already in the works. Like you're, you're golden. We just, you got to like, you got to come. Yeah. And I talked to, uh, I talked to the Signal guys and told them, you know, everything that was going on. And they were, they were happy, but they were also like, you don't have to go. They're like, we'll match it. We'll do this. Think about all these things that you can do with us. Like you can, the world is your oyster if you stay over here with us. And 
I did so many cool things with them, but I just kind of deep down didn't think that was really the case, you know? Like, I didn't think that if I had stayed, it would really, like, blossom into something more and keep going. Um, And so I just, yeah, I went over to ride. Followed the gut. Yeah. Yeah. Followed the gut and did a lot of cool things since then. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all it was. What was the pitch? Was it, you know, come over, we're going to have this new team, a bunch of amazing snowboarders, shoot shoot films like what was what was the thought down the line what were like pretty much you know it inspired some thoughts for you i'm sure of what um, might come i mean i think i just you know at the time it was like i was riding for signal and i talked to oe and signal kind of owed him a little bit of money and they would sometimes be a little late on our end and i wanted to keep like i wanted to go to bigger and like not necessarily better because it's all sick and cool and everything, but I wanted to have more opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of opportunity with Signal. Like I was riding for VG or I was riding in the VG videos. I went to Japan. I went on all these cool trips and those guys were like, they were fucking sick for us. You know, we got to do a lot of cool things because they were old pro snowboarders and stuff themselves. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I was like, whatever i had graduated from high school all my friends are going to college they're at some point going to start getting jobs and making more money and i don't want to live at my parents house forever mm-hmm. so i kind of took what i could and yeah and it, and it ended up being really cool because mm-hmm. at that time too ride was not looking cool like ride was like True. ride was that. looking crazy ride they it. had skittle colored yeah that was bindings. a weird era totally yeah yeah, yeah a lot of their boards were like neon color and everything and and I think also Tanner maybe had showed me a little bit of what the new stuff was that they were working with. Mm-hmm. And that was also a big selling factor. So, like, I mean, ultimately, I would say it was, like, Derek, Spencer, all those guys being there, and then Tanner being so cool. Um, and then you get to see what you're going to be riding, and that was like, all right, yeah, this, no. this, this makes sense now. Yeah, they talked about it in the 30-year dock where there was that Skittle moment and then the combo <clears throat> of Tidor basically yeah. making everything black and then Tanner putting this kind of dream team together. Yeah, and they had good designers and stuff mm-hmm. and everyone that I had met from then on out was super cool and mm-hmm. it was also like it was really fun to be a part of something that was bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Red's kind of dream team these days, I feel like. I mean, no slackers on yeah. there. They got the tobogganist over here. <laughs> dude, you don't catch Mikey <laughs> slacking on a good snow day up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. first dude up there every day. Uh <laughs> Breaking news, uh, I talked to Kuzik yesterday. He said he was going to send a guest question. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. Uh, we just got it, so I got to do it through the phone. Let's go. <laughs> so we're doing it old-fashioned Sick. style. Let's see what he's got. What is up, Bombhole listeners? And Chris and Mikey, Dan. Dan, it's exciting that you're doing the podcast. Um, I wanted to ask you what was the most... Uh, what would you say <clears throat> is the most scared you've ever been while trying a trick? I kind of feel like I know which one it is, but um, I'd be interested to see what you said. Damn. Yo, Kuz, what's up? Um, I kind of like this, actually, through the phone. It kind of sounds, I think it sounds cool that way. Yeah. Analog, voicemail yeah. style. Yeah, I like it. It makes it a little different sounding. I would say that spot in Japan was pretty scary. Um, I'm trying to think of what else was pretty scary. The one that really comes to mind is maybe the maybe that Japan spot. A couple of jumps, maybe two actually. There's some jumps that are pretty scary. 
Like for anyone who's thinking backcountry is easy, um, it's not really. Even if it's powder, it can yeah. be scary. Huh? Yeah, even if it's powder, when you add a lot of speed or a really big drop to something, it can be kind of scary actually. Um, but it's it's sick. It's just it's just a time thing. Yeah, I don't know. You guys got anything that you? I mean, I think really it was kind of a se- that was really a segue to you talking about the Japan clip. Which yeah, you talked yeah, about. I think that you know one was, was pretty scary. Um, one that was kind of a funny one for me was the hard way back one at the rail oh, gardens. Oh, good choice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple trips. Yeah. Talk yeah. about that. That one was, I think I went back three times maybe. Uh, we did it the first year, kind of. This is landline year. Yeah, landline. We, we went there and did it the first year and kind of did it, but there we were literally like looking at it slow-mo, like frame by frame, and there's one frame that you're kind of <laughs> missing that determines whether it was good or not. And this was, Tanner was living at your house. I think I was at your house at the time. Yeah, you were staying there. Um, and we went there, and it was like maybe later in the season, kind of like Salt Lake may or may not get snow again, so you kind of got to do this now. And I, that's the one thing I kind of don't like. I don't like being forced to have to do something right then and there because um, I kind of like to do it when I want to do it. But also I, it's kind of sick that way too. It's like if you're in the zone, like get kind of hyped up. You're like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to do it right now. You get pumped on it. Um, but we, yeah, we did it that year. Kind of had this one that worked but was questionable and then went back. I hit my knee. It was like, I don't know, freaking just doing it. Landed one time on the inside of the stairs, hit the inside of my knee on one of the supports. Didn't, you know, didn't break it or anything like that. Nothing crazy. Just, like, hit it hard enough where I was like, that's it. I can't. I got to take a break now. Come back another time. But we got the one. Um, came back the next year. Was wearing pretty much the same kit. Like, the same exact jacket, but a different colorway of the jacket. And I can't remember if I got it that day. I think I might have even hit my knee again at one time. Just barely slipping off to the inside of the rail. Hit my knee. Was kind of like, I got to come back. It's like I hurts to walk on i'm gonna take it easy and then i think went back maybe one more time and that's when we ended up getting it but the initial trying it was kind of scary you go back lip fakey to warm up yeah i think there was a couple back lips i think i was there actually yeah i think there was a couple back lips back lip fakey and then there's it's such a blind trick and you just there's no real good there's no good warm-up for it you know the rail is a normal size railing it's not wide you're not jumping onto a box it's pretty precision high um, impact yeah, it's pretty high impact because it's not like – it's it's a decent-sized gap out to it, and the rail is also kind of flat kind for what it flat, is. Kind of flat, yeah. Yeah, kind of. But a ton of stuff's been done on it, like so many 270s, even 450s, all this stuff. So you know it's there. It's doable. And I feel like the Rail Garden's gap rail is almost like, you know, skateboarding has like your Hollywood high yeah. and yeah, your a, El Toro. Yeah. It's definitely an unknown spot. It, totally. Nat- and it's natural speed. Everybody drives by. Everybody's seen it. And if you can go there and you can get something on it that hasn't been done, you can leave your mark. Yeah. And and it's uh it's really cool that you have the hard way back 180 on there. Yeah. That was one that I thought was pretty cool. We talked about this, actually. And we was kind of like, it's pretty hard to come up with a new trick for it now mm-hmm. unless it's something that's pretty crazy. And at the time, I think we were just kind of sitting there like that's one of the last few things that you can do. And then I, and I was able to get it, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But it was scary at first. Like, I don't do many back ones on the rails, let alone hard way back ones. I had done one once before on, like, a wood kink rail or something. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that one was good. Kind of fun to talk about that thing for a sec, just to go history. I was just running through. 
You have JP with front two, and then he did Hardway cab two back lip, and then he did switch back two. Jeremy backside two seventy did it. Mm-hmm. Breezy four fifty did it. One of my favorites, Seth did gap switch fifty on it. Yeah, that's insane. That's like the most scariest trick out of all of those. That's probably like yeah. it, like the shock and awe is bigger on the other ones, but yeah. like deep down for the riders out there, you know that's one of the crazier ones. Yeah. I think I'd rather switch back to it personally than like uh, switch like slow air chair forward to 50. I think so too. Yeah. The, the, and then you have, um, J- Jed Anderson did back 350, back two, back two pullback. I think he did a cab 270 on it, maybe. Or... You might be right about that. I can't remember. If... I just kind of assume that he's done all yeah, the 270s back... on it. I think Keegan did something on it too. Back lip, back lip, fakie. He did back lip, yeah. hop, back lip, yeah. I think. And then I did switch back one on. Jump 50, 50, 50, 50. Oh, yeah. The, through the you whole had the thing. one where you smacked into it one time, didn't you? Or was that a different Yeah, one? I think I made it. I made the switchback one, and then I went back, and I was like, I'm going to switchback one back on it. Yeah. And I just was a little too... I remember riding in not thinking about... Like, I was, like, too too relaxed It's kind of on something you, that can bite you. Yeah, and it was... You kind of bodied I got it. destroyed, yeah. Yeah. I got <laughs> annihilated. <laughs> Uh, but there is a, a oh, and then Cocard did he Cocard front three fifty it maybe, yeah maybe I think Cocard front three fifty it. Um, Stevens did like gap no sled pretzel. I don't think it ever saw light. Anyway, I'm kind of getting into trick nerd stuff, but it's cool to think about the uh, like the, those like Hollywood high type of things. We don't have too many of those in snowboarding where you you know maybe you have Red Ledge, mm-hmm. you know Battlefield in Quebec. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool to make a. Uh, Almost like a website that had the iconic spots and the trick list for mm-hmm. every spot. Yeah, that'd be kind of sweet. What's your What's your philosophy around that? Because some people are are constantly combing the world for the new unseen spots, and uh, and then some are going back and one upping the the classics. I love both. Yeah, yeah. I think that new spots are always cool. You're always excited to see that, and they're fun to ride because you just I don't know. That's just the progression of what it is you want to go further and bigger and whatever but jeremy I, jones further deeper further mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah higher is how is it actually higher? further further deeper than. higher something like that i like that too uh but i like the old spots old spots are sick if you got something for an old spot hell yeah go do it um but yeah okay one last thing i forgot uh, jordan menhall back 180 onto it i just remember too uh, so then also, let's go another trick that's a notable from the career. Uh, it's, I think it's from Siki, down flat sea rail uh, yeah. or sea ledge. Yeah. And Cole Navin board slides it, which is kind of the like, oh yeah, the obvious, ba- like the, the, like the big banger, like th- it's the gnarliest one. And Sexton 50'd it. And then you did like a, like a chill surfer on the news 50. And like, no offense to Cole and Joe, but like, this is my favorite one. Even though like the board slide's way gnarlier. Yeah, we were having a sick session that night. We were there. Um, Spencer found that he was Google Earth and found it on Google Earth, and he was kind of like, I think I think for him he was he was sitting there and he's like, I'm I'm goofy. I, it doesn't work. You can't lock in on your heels on that thing because it didn't stick out far enough for the creeper. Um, and we went there, and it's kind of the thing everyone is like wants a piece of it so we were like whatever it's no one person spot spencer even found it and gave it up to us basically and we got there and joe was there too and like 
we were just jumping on it, and it was feeling super cool. And Joe went down, seed, down, and then back ones off of it. And then I was just doing the just 50 50ing the whole thing, and I was able to go a little faster and a little faster and really like lean back it was like on a, it. Yep. Yeah, which was that was kind of like it was just like fun and games. It was like once you figured out that it worked and you can't really get hurt on this thing, we had so much snow over the back of it. If you fell off, it wasn't a big deal, not even that big of a drop. And we just started going at it. And um, we iced it up like crazy, tried to go there. I want to say during the day or something, but you know, like you can't just ice a ledge and come back when the sun's out, it melts right away. And so we came back at night, had it all iced up. Um, Cole was like kind of really head casing himself a bit, tried a couple times, not do it for a bit, tried a couple times, not do it for a bit. And he was kind of like really in the zone on that one. That's like, that was the trick. Like he was going so fast. He's so sideways. That was way crazier. Um, and then he got his, and then we got to just play after that. And even security showed up, a cop showed up and said it was okay, or security said it was okay, and we had, like, beers at the spot and everything, and we were, like, kind of hiding a little bit, seeing what was uh, if it was going to work or if, if we were getting kicked out. And they were cool. We got it. And uh, that's, like, yeah, that was our turnout, basically. Yeah, I love everybody's shots, but yours really, I mean, it's burned in my brain. Like uh, you're just chilling. It's almost like your hands are behind your back on purpose. You're like surfing the rail. I was talking to Durham about it. He said you did it like a bunch of times for different angles, kind of just having fun. Yeah, we probably did it like, I mean, I probably successfully landed it and made it off the end of it like six or six to eight times or something like mm -hmm. that. But you could always go pretty far. Mm -hmm. It was just a matter of that one. And then we were, I was doing it on purpose, hands behind the yeah. back. Like so, that was so. our joke at that time. Yeah. We were, I had made it and it was all right. And then we started doing it faster and leaning it into it more. And then like Spencer was calling me Rob Machado. And like <laughs> it was so yeah. funny. We just literally were uh, doing our best impression of surfing it. And that's like kind of so what sick. happened. Yeah, you, know, so you know what it reminds me of is I'm going to go back to motocross. I'm sorry to our listeners, but. It's like railing a rut in motocross, yeah. like in a corner, just slingshotting mm -hmm. where you got to, you know, in a rut, you it creates this berm and you lean way back in. Did you, were you thinking surf or were you thinking moto? Be honest. My mind was in surf at the time. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, when we were starting talking about Rob Machado and then Spencer's pulling out this accent. See, I was thinking you looked like Carmichael personally. I'll take that one. Okay, from now on, that was a Carmichael turn yeah, right there. A fucking left-hander just yeah. railing ruts. He was, probably yeah. riding, he was probably riding the Suzuki at that yeah, time. Yeah, RMZ, yeah. RM Army. Yeah. That's you. <laughs> yeah, not anymore, but at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've moved on. Oh, I really do love that shot, Dan. It's like one of my faves. Dude, that was... It's burned into my brain. It's funny, not scary at all, nothing like that. Yeah. As far as a fun spot, one of the funnest spots. Yeah, it's like one you can yeah. mentally remember. Yeah, it's like, you know, okay, there's a couple spots in your lifetime where you're like, I would just do that mm -hmm. for fun. Mm -hmm. Like, if it was any given day, like going to rail grinds, I would just go there for fun. And that you was... do a hard way back one for fun. <laughs> not like that. But, <laughs> you know, like that's one of those ones where I'm like, I would just go back and do that. Yeah. So would you, would you refer to that as the feel-good spot of the year? Mm hmm. All right. Of uh, that year, yeah. All right. We got a couple quick Patreon questions. Cody Ferner asks, thank you to our Patreon members. Dirtbike Dan, how exactly did you get the nickname Dirtbike Dan? 
That's a tough one because I don't even really, I don't know how I got it. Uh, I thought that you were the one that gave it to me, Chris, and then you told me that Meyer coined it. I can't take credit for Dirt Bike Dan. That is 100% Justin Meyer. I think you're riding around on a dirt bike and he just like, it came out of him. He's like, Dirt Bike Dan! And started like laughing or whatever. Probably riding one of your dirt bikes. Yeah, something something like that. And then I, I will say that I think I maybe helped popularize it. I didn't yeah. coin it, but I maybe helped popularize it. Dude, yeah. I used it now for for the LLC that I have when I'm doing summer work. Yeah. It's DBD Works LLC. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. DBD. Dirt Bike Dan. I love it. And then uh, Benny Pellegrino asks, Sick. Daniel. Is your name Daniel? Yeah. Daniel, amongst the Shred community, who in your mind is the best moto ripper? Also, who's your all-time favorite Supercross racer? Hmm. One of my favorite racers, I would say, is Kevin Windham. Uh, he, I always thought he had sick style. He's kind of tall dude, rode for Honda at a time that I thought Honda was super sick. So he was always one of my favorites. And honestly, a guy that maybe not that many people know about, ripping dirt bikes, Wyndham Londart Miller. Oh, local snowboard. Yeah, snow, yeah. in the snowboard community. He's yeah. a ripper. In yeah. the snowboard world, dude is a beast on a bike. And I've only seen his Instagram stuff, but he rips. He's yeah, the, yeah he's definitely the best dirt biker in snowboarding. Probably moto racer. Probably. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just throwing insane whips and everything. They, he he tells me about this place they have in Colorado. It's like a little training facility. They got sprinklers like your track, and they get it going. Yeah, dude's an animal. Other notables we got um, Scott Blum. I was gonna say Scott Carlino, yourself. Who else is ripping out there? Yeah, I know there's a bunch of trail donkeys out there too, but I mean, I know like Alex Andrews is riding yeah. and stuff. Maybe not as much as he used to anymore. I don't know if you can count them, but like the CC crew, like Tor and those guys up in Portland, yeah, they rip around. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, even like Sean Palmer was a mm-hmm. ripper, from what I heard. Yep. Um, Let's give Palmer a big old arrow. Yeah. So on the uh, subject of Palmer, it kind of brings me back to something I heard from Jonas about Cardiel being a huge inspo. I mean, he's kind of a Badass skate guy. He also snowboarded incredibly. Tell me about uh, your your inspo. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think that was a lot of people's inspo. And I was hanging out with Jonas so much at this time, and we were watching all these old videos and skating a bunch and whatever. And he knew about cardio before I knew about him, and he would bring it up and show me stuff. And like at this time, me and Jonas would get really fixed on things. You know, like certain people that we would try and idolize or Mm -hmm. something or like mimic their style Mm -hmm. but even then which is kind of funny because jonas was all about like being yourself and having your own style but then we would do certain things jonas would do this uh like nose poke late back three Mm -hmm. because cardiel did Mm -hmm. it in part a long time ago and so we would always try and mimic certain tricks but not try and mimic their actual style or something like that but there was just a time where we were super hyped just watching all these old parts cardiel was so sick he was so good at skating and everyone's kind of clear winner in that aspect or clear favorite in that aspect. And then what was super cool was when we got done filming Landline, we got to go snowboarding with him one day. No way. Yeah. Yeah, he came out to Tahoe. Um, This was right after uh, Noah Slaznik had died. Mm -hmm. And he was homies with Noah and that whole crew, Cardiel was. And we were out there just filming spring stuff, riding, and we're just – I think I was just with 
God, I want to say it was Harry. I'm kind of blanking on who was entirely filming. I want to say Harry. And it was like Rav, Parker, myself, small crew, Cardiels out at, it was Squaw at the time. What's it called now? Palisades. Palisades. So it was Squaw at the time. And I don't know if we kind of invited him to come and film with us or if he said that he was going to be there or whatever. I think we tried to get shots of anyone that was like a, you know, snowboarder from back in the day when it was started. And if they were still associated with vans, we were trying to get anything we could of those people to have a little bit of presence for credits and stuff like that. And whatever, it worked out. He was there and we rode, filmed him a little bit and it was sick. And then they went up and put up a, a little plaque on a tree or something like that for Noah mm-hmm. somewhere out there. So, Very cool. Yeah, yeah and he super... was just out here for the Vans event. Too. Yeah. Spinning. yeah, he was like DJing, yeah. DJing and stuff. Oh, he was. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. he spun cool. records during the, the Vans event. Yeah. Brighton. Yeah. I didn't say anything to him. He still intimidates me. He makes me. me so, I wanted to say something, yeah. but I was so nervous. It's kind of funny. Like, I went riding with him once, and you'd think you could be like, go, what's up? And I, I didn't do it. I was yeah. like, oh, he's just the shit. I'm going to mm-hmm. let him be. <laughs> so much speed. Yeah. I got it. Have, have I ever told you guys my Cardiel story? No. No. I got a pretty cool one. So, we went to Vans. What's the bowl contest called? The Park Series here in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. At the, I think it's called Vans Park Series. And I was sitting there and I was watching it from like the scaffolding. And I went there early to watch practice and just, I'm a nerd, dude. I like watching skateboarding. Yeah. So I was there not to like, you know, some people go to like drink and socialize. I was there to just watch skating and, I, and I'm sitting there watching it. And then Cardiel just saddles up on the stool right next to mine. <laughs> and we're just sitting there and two strangers watching skateboarding amping. And we're like, holy shit, did you see that Corey Juno, like nose blunt? And then he's like, oh, like that was so fucking raw. Like we're both just, we're both just nerds getting hyped or whatever. And he's sitting next to me for like half hour, 45, hour, I don't know how long. <laughs> and at a certain point in time, like Pat Moore comes over and he's like, oh, hey, John, how are you? Oh, do you know Chris? And like he introduced us. And then so then we kind of like we're just hanging out and like we were boys. I was trying to pretend like and I was like, dude, everything's all good. Dude. Just be chill. <laughs> and then halfway through, I was like, you know, an hour in or whatever. I was like, hey, man, I have this tattoo on my shoulder. <laughs> and it's a it's a um, it's basically like a, a gram. What are they called? Uh. It's a skeleton doing a frontside air, but it's it's mocked after a Cardiel frontside air. Wow. And I showed it to him, and he was like, and I was like, hey, man, I just basically was like, thanks for the inspiration, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and then I took a photo of some with us or whatever, and I think I posted it. And then he direct messaged me like a month later. He was like, hey, what's your address? And he sent me, I don't know, I mean, I only talked to this guy for 45 minutes or whatever, hour. And he sends me this, the original photo of that. Like it was like a printed photo, wow. you know, and, uh, and then a note and then a bunch of like anti-hero stickers. And it said like, it's like big love, keep the fire burning to melt away all the bullshit Cardiel. And I'm like, dude, this guy is <laughs> such a fucking legend, but yeah. I don't know, kind of a sidebar story, but like, you know, he's still, you know, they say never meet your heroes. Like I met my hero and it was like better than yeah. it could have been so Amazing. that's fire dude kind of cool right mm-hmm. it's funny how you're sitting there and you're like all right gonna keep it cool and whatever this is him and he'd probably want you to be losing your shit he'd mm-hmm. probably want you to just be like going mm-hmm. crazy and everything mm-hmm. yeah 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 it was good shit that's awesome um okay well we've been doing it i think this has been really good so far before we do hot takes i'm curious you know i see the ride sticker i see the vans those are the big sponsors you got autumn as far as outerwear, what's your do you you got an outerwear sponsor these days? Um, it's kind of a funny deal right now. It, technically, I ride for Vans Outerwear, um, but they haven't had outerwear for the last little bit. So, 
our deal was get some chill gear and make sure you're wearing patches and stuff. And because there was always, they were trying to get it going. Um, so now they are working on some stuff. Um, and I've seen a couple of like computer specced up things. Hopefully it works out. Uh, maybe I shouldn't give out too much information because in case things go sideways, I don't want people to get their hopes up. But uh, as of right now, that stuff looks cool. But um, I was kind of loosely looking for an outerwear sponsor. I mean, just if it if it makes sense, I would I would love to do it. And if uh, like Kevin, who's like our actual, he's like our boss at uh, Kevin Casillo. Yep, at Vans. Yeah, huge shout out for him. He's like you know a, a tanner type where he made the world go around for us big time like when we broke into vans he was like he was our dude big time um so a ton of appreciation for him but yeah i had talked to him a while back saying i'm loosely looking for a sponsor and he was like if it works out that's cool do it if not we're just gonna keep you here and we're gonna keep doing this stuff so yeah hmm. that's it for that's it for outerwear sick I feel like you should go Carhartt or something. You know, break in, mm-hmm. break into the scene on something. Or off Fox. The scene. What about yeah. Fox? Yeah. Racing. What about Moto Gear? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. TLD. Troy, Troy Lee. Lee. Hit me yeah. up. Yeah, I'm super down. <laughs> I got, the, I got some. You know, uh, I got some Troy Lee gear from Jesse Nelson one time. Mm. Yeah. That was cool. We kind of hooked him up with some with some snowboard gear, and uh, this was for his wife, and he sent me some Moto Gear. Killer. Yeah. Okay, let's get into hot takes. Hot takes is presented by Oakley. Uh, you know, I recently started wearing a helmet as of the past few years. So I get asked a lot about what kind of helmet to, to ride and things like that. And I, so I've tried a few Oakley helmets and the one that I like the best is the Oakley mod one and the mod one pro. Um, and they, it has a little, uh, boa system on the back so you can crank it tight. And then I go goggles over and I run the Oakley, uh, line miners with the prism lens. It's just kind of, it's just a solid setup, you know, no bobble. They fit together nicely. Um, I think the mod one, uh, is really light. I like the mod one pro cause it's a little bit more, uh, ready for impact. I think the mod one standard is like a little bit more lightweight. I saw Stolly Sandback running the mod one. Uh, but anyway, yeah, if Oakley supports the show. So if you're looking for a good helmet goggle setup, check out Oakley. And, uh, with that being said, let's get into hot takes. So we always ask. You know, and I always think just to give you some context, this is how it pertains to you. I'm not saying who is the greatest snowboarder statistically in snowboarding. That's not the question. It's kind of like who's your goat? You know what I mean? Um, so who's your goat? Or you know, sometimes we say Michael Jordan, both male and female of snowboarding. Mine was David Benedict. I was always watching After Lame. It's kind of funny that was like my video growing up considered you know we're a midwest kid and always watching these you know vgs and rail videos and burning bridges and love hate and whatever but after lane was always like the one i watched the most uh and women snowboarders um my guilt for women would be marie francois yeah so- i was like at a, at a time when it really made an impact for me, she had that Rome part that was, like, psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Banger. Okay, art, you know, we always ask, like, to snowboarding to you, would you consider it an art or would you consider it a sport? Mm. On my end, it's more art on competition side where they're really getting, like, gymnastics maneuvers. That's more sport. Mm. In your opinion, who's the most underrated 
Underrated snowboarder. Right now, I'm going to go with Denver Aura. Great answer. Amazing. Steel or powder? <laughs> That's a tough one for me. I have always loved the powder. I'll stay loyal to the streets till the day I die, but I'm going powder. Damn, you just lost a lot of respect in Minnesota. Yeah, those guys can hate all they want, but it's gonna be tough. Good luck going <laughs> hey, back you to your home state. We're starting beef this episode. Yeah, you're gonna get like fucking extradited out of your own town. <laughs> okay, best style ever. Jonas is one of them for sure. Jonas Mitchellot. Yeah, dope. Great answer. Best method. Um, we talk about this a lot. Yeah, we do talk about this a lot. Zach had a good one. Jamie obviously had a good one. Um, I seen Mikey bust out a couple. Of, Mikey's got a good method. Yeah, I seen him bust out a couple of great methods. You got to pick your best though. Who's your top? Guy well, let's let's derail. Let's derail for a second. Let's talk methods for a minute because you know if you guys have dissected this. We have. What we, makes a good method? Well, we talk a lot about in front of the binding, behind the binding. Um, behind the binding seems to be more of a like North America method. Or North American method, or almost like a contest, or skate even method, yeah. method contest method. About the method, <laughs> put it in the book. How do you say it back? <laughs> oh, put it in the bag. Put yeah. in the bag. That's another one for the bag. Yeah, put the, put um, the contest method in the bag. He bagged that method. Contest method. Um, fuck. What were we just saying? Euro uh, versus North America. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. the The Euro one is in front of the binding. Yeah. Who yeah. has your favorite Euro method? Uh, most people would probably say Nicholas because he does them a lot. Um, uh, probably him. He did it the most. Yeah. I would see it every single video part. He's always busting them out. The one thing I'm not always for is like the super arched back where your legs are like almost straight mm-hmm. and your whole body is doing this thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it when it's a little bit tighter and poked more in front of you. Mm-hmm. A little boned out. Yeah. I like, the, I like the grab in front of the binding. I like when it's like pushed almost like you're grabbing behind the binding mm-hmm. so then you get that sort of like tighter looking method mm-hmm. but i can't think of anyone that's really doing it like that maybe you need to bill start that i know someone's be. doing it i mean dude look at so is he is jamie in front of the binding or behind the binding in that photo you know he said that he was always in between bindings but then but that, after his episode came out there was all this video evidence yeah. of him grabbing in front so he he kind of maybe wasn't factual in talking about himself and his method. I could see that. Just, I but I literally, I, I have that photos in another little magazine that I have, and I'm pretty sure that's in front. I can't really see from here, but like that is like tight in front of the foot, you know. And I think it looks sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think we have an answer yet. Yeah. So you need best method. Final. Not this isn't like a We're no, not. like name all your friends thing. You got to pick yeah. somebody. I mean, just one. Benford. Cool. I like that answer. Yeah, he rips. Good stuff. Do you know who's got the sleep, be, most sleeper method of all time? Who? I'm going to interject myself on this conversation. You? Brock Crouch. Okay. Mm-hmm. His method is He's got a really insane. good method. You know, actually, uh, Mark year. McMorris, too. Yes. Super, super good method. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even like a crazy method guy, but we've been talking about it a lot. And mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Your favorite snowboard video ever made? Afterland. Best board graphic, or your favorite board graphic? One of my, the one that instantly comes to mind was Jake O.E.'s skeleton graphic on uh, the signal board. Mm. That was a super cool one for us. Mm-hmm. Right. If you could see one musical artist, dead or alive, 
Who would it be? Hmm. I'd probably go. I don't know for sure, but right off bat, I'd go to the most like banging notorious big show I could go to. Mm, awesome. Something that's just wild. Mm-hmm. Or or At a house or party like anyone or wild like that, like Big L or some crazy rap show. Mm-hmm. Pants over or under the high back. Um, under. Okay, if you could go heli boarding with three people, good times. Damn. Dead or pick alive. Anybody in the world. Yeah, that's a tough or one. Or maybe non-existent world. You can kind of go, there's no, not a lot of boundaries on who you can bring, but three people, who are you bringing in the heli? That And we're talking AK, Epic, just... Blower, bluebird. Not that it makes much of a difference. No safe, danger. Safe yeah. conditions. Yeah. Uh, but like maybe something fun where it's like you're not riding like Psycho, you're riding more like mini and mini golf. Whoever like, you're with, you don't even need. They can snowboard. Yeah, even yeah. if they've never snowboarded, they rip. Uh, I'm thinking. I got someone. I mean, they they snowboard. They would like this. I would take. Um, for one, I think I would take Kuzik, and because I don't know why it just pops up, I think he would just be having like this epic kind of scared but really sick time, and it would be really cool. And then also. My neighbor, Colin, that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the guys I grew up snowboarding with. Dope. Yeah. We got one more seat. Oh, I got another one. Yep. Oh, I thought it was three. Oh, three people. Well, and you. Yeah, it's you. Yeah. Gotcha. Sam or Jared or someone who would just kind of get buck out there, too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Someone who's like maybe would get a little bit rogue and try something. Wild. Yeah, someone who's going to get a little bit wild Push and try something crew. big. Push the crew to yeah. go a little further. Yeah. Yep, I'd probably I'd just be taking the homies. Mm. Nope. Yep. Now, would you ride a normal bag, or would you do an Avi bag? <laughs> I would go Avi bag. <laughs> Big time Avi bag. I'd probably go air bag. Yeah, that's what I was actually meant to ask. Air yeah, bag I'd, I'd or be going air bag out air there. Air bag, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah, last question of hot takes. Uh, worst trend? Mm, I didn't think about this. I completely forgot about the, the hot takes. Um, <laughs> okay, worst trends. Most people don't make it this far, so if you're still listening, yeah, worst trends is, is just kind of like, I don't know, bad energy vibes, whatever. Like if you like, just be here, part of the crew, and and be happy with what we're doing. So you know. All right, we're gonna get into the pub beer crapshoot here. Welcome to the pub beer crapshoot. Pub beer is a uh, company that supports the podcast. So if you're thinking about uh, having a refreshing ice cold beer, their motto is cheap fun beer. Mike, did you know that? I did. Yeah. I did. And I also like how it's so easy to spot in the store. It's just that black and white basic can, great logo, delicious when you crack one on a hot day. Good logo, one Kenobi, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so there's two dice right there. Roll that. Uh, roll those behind that pub beer there. You got them hidden. And we'll tell you what you got to do. Oh. Six and one, seven. Great question. This is actually my favorite question. Who's one of your favorite people to party with? Favorite people to party with would... Damn. I don't know. All Everyone's fucking cool to party with. <laughs> uh, I mean, you got to pick a standout human. Standout human to be going out and ripping around with would be... I was having a great time running around partying with Sam... Taxwood, mm-hmm. um, when he was, this was before he's dating the girl he's dating now, and we were and we were biking everywhere we were going. 
That was really fun. I mean, this is just, that's recent, you know, so I just, quick one. Sam's a great one to party. Yeah, that was a quick one. Uh, all right, let's get into setups. You got your ride snowboard there behind you. What is it? How do you set it up? What's your vibe? Uh, that is a, currently that's a 162 ride berserker. I set it up just on the preferred stance, which is about 22 inches. Uh, sometimes I'll go maybe like one little click bigger, and it's the Ride A6 bindings. Yeah, those are some A6s, and I swap out some heel straps on it because I like these other ones that um, are actually a cheaper heel strap technically, or they come on a cheaper binding, but I like the way they fit around my boot better. And I do, let's see what my ankles angles, ankles are. What are my ankles angled at? Uh, the angles would be <laughs> 15 and 6 or something like that. Yeah, 15, Negative nine, 6. 12. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 15 and 6, um, which I think is pretty, like, kind of stock for most people. Yeah. And then I ride – these are uh, Parker's boot. Um, that's the Vans Verse. And it's kind of supposed to be one of their stiffer boots, but I'm kind of tall guy out there. So sometimes the stiff boots don't always translate as – you know, they're not always as stiff for me as they are for someone else, so I kind of get the stiffer boots. That's kind of it. Yeah, nothing nothing too crazy, Nothing, no, like, insane tech, anything. I feel like you, that, that's the thing. You used to work at the ski shop, and I remember, like, when you used to always stay with us, you're a big tune, board tuner. Yeah. You keep the board dialed in. Yeah, yeah, more so when I'm at home. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm out here, like, it kind of grinds my gears if i'm like ripping downstairs and like getting my board all destroyed and everything because i used to tune them and make them so pristine and do all these race tunes for skiers and stuff so i've kind of have it like ingrained in me that you like keep your boards in good shape um meanwhile i'm also like smashing the hell out of my edges and fixing them and whatever um and i'm i'm better at tuning when i'm at home because i'll go to the shop that i used to work at and just do stuff whenever i need to and then when i'm out here like I'll go into Milo and do a quick base grind and some wax, but I keep it pretty tame out here. Mm, good sure. stuff. Okay, well, you know the people want to know what's next for DBD Dirt Bike Dan. Well, right now, when will this air? <sighs> Three weeks, four weeks. Okay, so by then, there's a chance I'll be back out here snowboarding. Um, more than likely, I'll be back home switching over to dirt bike season. Probably working on trails, trying to find some sand tracks to ride. And maybe just breaking back into summer work. Um, as far as snowboarding goes, same old, same old. But I want to keep doing. Uh, well, I want to keep staying productive, you know. So when summer comes around, I'll get pretty hyped to go and do stuff. Keep working on stuff. Hopefully, be a part of, like, hopefully hear a little bit more of what we have when we're like designing our boards and stuff like that. Because I like to feel a little bit more included on our the industry or inside the industry you want to feel a little bit more included in the company and stuff so mm -hmm. stuff like that i just keep that going how about what's coming out next do you work on a project this year or what's coming out uh like snowboard project yeah. i don't i don't know if we got much right now you're right Little... well you're right you filmed the ride a ride park oh out. ride yeah. stuff yeah i was kind of it's funny i'm already thinking like we're done yeah. with that but yeah. that'll be coming out and we filmed a ton um that'll be super cool that's kind of the next big thing that'll come out for us um, and then as far as next video projects, we've already had like little, little talks about doing maybe another slightly bigger Vans video. That's like totally up in the air, you know, but it's kind of this thing where everyone's like, they kind of want it. And then I think that's kind of it. Awesome. Yeah. 
Fun. Uh, you want to throw any thank yous before we wrap this thing up, Dan? Uh, yeah. Thank you, you guys. Like, and I'm and I'm bummed Stony Buds isn't here, but I'm happy to have you, Mikey, and everything. Do this with you is super cool. Uh, and thanks to all the sponsors. You know, I don't want to go too crazy with my list, but everyone out there, I appreciate you. Amazing. It's been a hell of a podcast, Dan. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. It's uh, been a pleasure. And I always got to say thank you so much to our listeners, uh, viewers, Patreon members, sponsors, anybody that buys merch and supports us. We really appreciate you guys. And uh, appreciate you, Mike, for coming and helping. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you both. That was a lot of fun. Sweet. We got another episode coming at you next Wednesday, over and out from the bomb hole. Dan, you did it. You did it. What a great episode. Thank you. It felt good.